Good everyone, welcome back to the Side Hit Podcast. I'm your host, Fat Tony, and today with us we've got Hamish Martin, otherwise known as Bilzy. Welcome, Bilzy. Thanks for having me. Good to have you on. How's your day been? It's been good, man. Just uh, slaving away, but kind of getting things done. Yeah, good yeah. summer? It was a good summer. I can't believe that we've probably only had about a day worth of rain in two months, man. <laughs> no, it's got to be one of the driest summers I remember. Yeah, bro. That lake's hella low. Yeah, man. Mm. Good for skating. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. Oh, well, we'll fire this one up. Bilzy, where are you from and how'd you get into snowboarding? I grew up in a few places. My old man was in the army when I was younger. And uh, Wairu, Linton and South Auckland were a few of the places that I, I grew up and um, yeah kind of jumped around a wee bit when I was younger and then kind of got into snowboarding when I was 16 um, like I said I had a, a mate from school that was doing a, a entry level um, lesson and I kind of got all stoked and hit him up if I could join in and he said sweet ass so so the yeah. instructor just let you join yeah, man, yeah, yeah. Well, the next day, and you know, I kind of just joined midway through. Disturbed their, fin- their feng shui. But, uh, <laughs> what mountain was it? Cardi's. At Cardi's? Yeah, man. Oh, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, so. When, when, when would this have been? Oh, that would have been 2002, probably. 2000 and, yeah, 2002. All oh, right, yeah, so <laughs> chances are I probably put the board under your feet. Yeah, probably, most likely. <laughs> Shut you. Yeah, man. Oh, sweet. And uh, what was that first day like on the snowboard? Oh, it was it was rad, because I'd, I'd been skiing for, you know, since five years old, growing up in Waiuru. Um, we'd go to Ruapehu most weekends with the old man, and um, yeah, it's just one of those things. I'd, I don't think I would have done it if my mate wasn't there, because you're quite comfy, especially at that kind of age, you know, you don't yeah. want to necessarily try to learn something, but... It was kind of cool, and you had a friend there to kind of egg you on, and yeah, man, it was it was awesome. So your old man was quite a keen skier and stuff. Yeah, dude. Yeah, or yeah, him being in the army and stuff. I, you know, kind of go getter, active man, or action man. Mm. So um, yeah, so it was it was good. Wait, so you remember the first time you seen snowboarding when you were a kid back then? Yeah, it um, it was quite funny, you know, like classic. You're five, six years old, and you're with the baby boomers and the stigma behind snowboarding and you're kind of like oh these guys they're messing up our great snow you don't want to you don't want to do that and um yeah so it took a while but Mm. yeah man i was i was so stoked i guess in the long run to somewhat have been have that all align and have mm. a mate there and, and be allowed to join in and all so that kind of stuff. So it was a family holiday down to Wanaka and shit? Yeah, bro. Isn't it? We were actually in Queenstown. Oh, so, okay. yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, sweet. It was so red. what was the moment where snowboarding clicked for you when it was just like, fuck you, this is me and this is my shit that I'm going to be doing? Well, I... So, we were down for that week and I, you know, you kind of... the. The standard, the standard stereotypical kind of call of it takes you three days to click into snowboarding. So um, maybe being a teenager at that time, you're kind of a bit cocky. And um, there used to be this old sprite rail. It was like a single bar 
rail in the park and it was labelled Sprite. At Cadrona. At Cardi's. Was it a flat one? It was a flat one. So it might have been Little Ted. Because we had Big Ted and Little Ted. Yeah, it, yeah. it probably back then was massive to me. Yeah. But um, so I, I ended up um, hitting that on my third day and I concussed myself real bad. And um, when I was in the medical centre at Cadrona, uh, there was a snowboard instructor who taught us, her name was Lisa, and um, she kind of, I, I kind of wanted to maybe be an instructor, and so she gave me a pamphlet, and um, long story short, started doing my instructor's course, and kind of on the tail end of that, man, just the the stuff that they taught me kind of all just started to click, and just being able to move over your board fluidly as you're going fast, and kind of understanding, you know, your ups and downs, and being able to ride over kind of your variable terrain man that was that was kind of the time where i was kind of like man this is real rad mm, so when did you do your instructor's course that was in 2005 and i went through the british um instructor's certificate which is Bayesi, and i ended up doing that in france oh, really? so so i spent a season doing that um over there and um it's quite cool, man, because I think the way that they structure how to ride a snowboard through their certificates quite um, beneficial for freestyle. Oh, how so? Um, well, they move over the length of their board really well, and I think that's quite important when you're, you know, riding your half pipes or your jumps, especially jibbing and all that kind of stuff. And you know, you're always going to learn how to absorb and move vertically over your snowboard, but. Um, I think just the I, I don't know the technical terms because you know I'm not a not a smart fella just a fart <laughs> smeller um, the the way that I uh, the the way that they did it man um, we actually didn't actually we didn't ride any park throughout that whole season and it was when we were all signed off and we got um, past our course and we kind of had free time and so you know, what do you do? It's like we've covered the whole mountain except this one little area with jumps and rails and it's it's like, man, let's give this a stab, you know? So what prompted the that that France season? Was that specifically to go snowboarding? Yeah, well, my, um, another thing, parents moved overseas, so they were living in England and... Is that a military thing too? Ah, no, that was just, dad just got a job over there, so, um... They moved over there, I stayed in New Zealand and they um, were kind of like coming up with an idea of wanting to do an instructor course and to kind of get into it straight away instead of waiting, you know, the, the summer of New Zealand and autumn before you could actually crack into it. They came up with the idea of, why don't you come over and we'll get you into um, doing the British one and you can do it straight off the bat from leaving school and then you can come back to New Zealand mm. and if you pass it you're ready to roll and you can get yourself a job and and mm-hmm. so that kind of just you know fast checked me into um, teaching here that season instead of oh, doing sweet. an instructor's course and so. did that work out you ended up coming back and teaching here mm. had a job up at TC thanks to Bob Irwin Bob Irwin yeah no man way. yeah 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 oh right yeah. Now, was Matt Slocum instructing that season there yeah he was it was uh, Matty Slocum um, Andrew Bull, Andrew Bull, yeah, yep, yeah, 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 bully. yeah, old bully. He was up he's, there. He's still quite quick on the old board. That guy, yeah, I could imagine, shows up at the bank slalom still, and yeah, the old uh, 
the old ghost rider. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking, um, I mean, the 05 season was a pretty bad snow year, though. So it was just triple treat jibs. Yeah, bro, yeah. Mm. So, you know, classic turn up um, for your first season. And uh, all the veterans there are just going, oh, yeah. You should have seen it a year or two ago, mate. That rock there was all covered with snow, and it's like, hey, man, it's gonna make hay when the sun's shining. So triple treat was the mm. go-to. So mm. was there much work as a young instructor at TC back then? <laughs> nah, man. The only thing I kind of work, got work for was my own personal snowboarding. So yeah, but um, Sweet. yeah, it was good, man. I'd I'd like to think TC had a um, had a place in that time of you you had all these side hits and everything was just not groomed and nice and perfect so you just learnt to make adjustments man and mm. and I think in the long run that's really beneficial for for your snowboarding you know mm. well so. I think AJ was saying the same thing about coronet like it just teaches you how to ride yeah man because yeah. it's like hard hard plate most of the time yeah. side hits and just you've got to land your shit you know teaches you how to ride and how to fall and not come off too bad eh? yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah i think that's encapsulated new zealand in a nutshell <laughs> right there so at the time was there any influences like riders you were looking at for influence like local or international or anything well at that kind of point in time um you know i finished up my um instructor's course and I think the White Album just came out and so you kind of got to see this guy the same age as you, Sean White, which was doing all this stuff that um, I didn't actually kind of comprehend that snowboarding had got to a level like that, you know, and um, I wouldn't have said he was an influence but he was kind of like an eye-opener in a sense of what could be done and throughout the couple years I was up at Treble Cone um, there was, you know, Will J would come up and do stuff and there was this one time, um, I can't remember if it was him or Nick Brown did the cat, um, cat track gap but going to the saddle and it right. was, that was the bigger one of the two and it, he was dropping into that bowl that's just below that. Because uh, both of those dudes have done that. Yeah. In, in time, right? Yeah. You know? and, that, and that to me is like, slowly getting into park and all that i was just like blown away man i was like you know look at these guys and and another person that um i actually thought thought was quite rad was um a guy called bevan hall because mm. the snow park did a switch academy and um he was kind of running that and they did like a cross thing where they could come over to tc uh one day a week and do a bit of free riding up there for free and then so you guys would have a day at snow park or something in return uh I, I i don't know what the exchange was but he would come up with his group of kids and you know ben was like man he's like real playful snowboarders so that mm. was like another person that was kind of you know gives you ideas of how yeah. you can manipulate snow and ride your snowboard and yeah so yeah man it was it was surrounded by good snowboarders man it was great mm yeah especially Wanaka in that time it was hard not to be yeah well that's you know? right yeah and was there any international um writers that sort of <coughs> got your attention or anything yeah there was a couple there was um kind of later on maybe a couple years later a guy that I kind of liked to 
base the the breakdown of um, of uh, your kind of fundamentals when it came to jumping was uh, Chaz Guldemon. Huh, right. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's a, good, that's a name I've forgotten about. Yeah, well, yeah, it's, he was it's a DC one, but he um, he was that sort of guy. You you know, I went to the states for the first two years. I was underage and I was living ages away from town, and I just couldn't be bothered with a fake ID. Mm. So I'd just you know pull up a bottle with a hose <laughs> and uh, and sit and watch um, snowboard vids, and I'd I'd just get so into it that you know you'd kind of stop, start, stop, start, and just see how everything would unfold. And he was one guy that I kind of thought his technique was quite um, quite a good way to progress further into my snowboarding just by how he kind of constructed his his spins and, and all that kind of carry-on. So, right. Yeah, man. Oh, sweet. And was there a crew of friends and homies and shit that were you cruising around with? Or? Back then, yeah, man, we had Stone Street, 210 Stone Street. I fucking yeah. lived there. T- 210 Stone Street. I, yeah, I lived there in fucking 2002. The bungalow. I lived in, yeah, I lived in one of those rooms there. 210. Yeah, man. Yeah, 210. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we, no way. We used to, um, when, when people would be like, where you live, we'd be like, think of two 10-year-olds getting stoned. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. That's it, eh? <laughs> no uh, way. Two, two ten guys, times two, man. You guys, oh, you, were live, you must have lived there with Sam Wilkinson, those days. Yeah, bro, yeah, yeah. Right. Sam Wilkinson, uh, who else was there? Was Lewis Harvey, Lucy Gordon, and old good old Jamie Kinley, old Gunny. Oh, yeah, yeah. right. Holy shit. Oh, yeah, that's, that's too funny. Oh, I didn't even realise you lived here, bro. <laughs> oh, no, it's not something I um, that really comes up in conversation. You're that sort of... Like, I mean, I guess there's a lot of houses in Wanaka like that that were um, seasonal, season rentals that would, you know... <laughs> like, just... like, 10 years later, I'm, like, dropping my staff off at houses like, oh, yeah, we, we used to party in that yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> I think I've... Uh broken a few plates or glasses in that house <laughs> yeah and um so you how long were you instructed tc for it was a couple of seasons yeah bro i did i did um three seasons up there so oh five oh six oh seven all right and yeah. were you doing the northern hemisphere at this time yeah man i um i'd go over to park city um thanks to mate James Kingskit, he had uh, he had a job over there, so he kind of um, got me in with the people that I kind of needed to be in with to get a job there, and um, yeah, went over there, and that's where I kind of met Sam Wilkinson and um, Lewis, because Lewis was working at the Canyons, and yeah, man, and that kind of led into um, Stone Street, and then also working up at Sto- uh, Snow Park. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to ask how Snowpike got in the picture. Um, <clears throat> so, before we get into Snowpike, can we talk a bit about Park City? Yeah, man. Um, so I heard it was a great season, a great bunch of seasons instructing, but not really working. <laughs> um, was it was a quote from one of my information sources, and you had like a bit of a crew there, like Joe Mack. Yeah, bro. Yeah. So the way the way they. Um, structured it it was uh like a whole priority system so i managed to like weasel my way to the the top and the kids side or one of you know one of the top two i think there was always a battle between me and chris green but um 
we would have the option whether to work or not. And dude, American terrain parks. Mm. You know, you're over there and you're young. It's just like, of course, you're not gonna, you're not gonna work, eh? Yeah. So. I, I worked enough just to kind of scrape through with food and, and um, fun times. But, uh, yeah, man, it was oh, such an amazing place, bro. It was so set up so well. Did you guys do the Walmart 90 day, 90 day back guarantee? Oh, yeah, thought, classic. That's a go-to. It's a go-to. You'd work 14 days straight from Christmas, and then you'd have enough money to buy yourself like massive TV, Xbox, Heaps of games, and then you just keep the receipt and wait ninety days and then. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's the um, most ludicrous thing you got across the line with the Walmart deal? Oh, it was just you know standard TV Xbox. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kept some games, but mm-hmm. yeah, man. Then I just I'll take it back, be like I'm not satisfied. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I. <laughs> I don't think the two thousand and fifth pixel down the right here's working properly, so. <laughs> I'm just going to return this. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I'd heard about that, but I wasn't ballsy enough to do it when I was over in America. But then the dudes were like, no, it's like saving your money. Without, it's like <laughs> putting your money in the bank. It's like Kiwi saving, man. <laughs> <laughs> so um, who were some of the crew you were um, uh, riding with over there? Well, there was, man, there was a good crew. There was, um, like I said, there's Sam Wilkinson. And um, he was probably, uh, I wouldn't say probably, he was a guy that uh, in my younger years um, was a big influence in my snowboarding. That guy's um, knowledge of the sport, man, is, qu- is quite phenomenal. Eh? And um, him and, um, like you said, Joseph McKenzie, old Joe Mac, and that mm. that guy and himself, like, wow, that guy's, you know, one of those guys like Mitch Brown's just been doing it for so long, mm. and um, yeah, it was just a pleasure and an honour to ride ride with him, man. It mm. was he was uh, he was a rare dude, and man, he could ride, and um, so yeah, he was like one of the guys that I'd. Um, kind of roll around with and um, there was a couple other guys like Jordan Rear who was um, an American who worked up there he was a Mormon fella and uh, man that guy that guy was like the switch master you know mm. the Bob Burnquist of Park City yeah yeah man that guy could anything he could do normal that guy could do it switch just as just as good so it was, it was like I said, man, you're kind of surrounded by these great riders, so it's mm. like you're kind of rude not to improve, you know? Yeah. So, And how was your first impression of um, Utah in the States? Uh, it like, was interesting, man, because, like, again, in my true fashion, my first day turning up to work, I managed to not get work, and I went straight to the park, and I concussed myself. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like two concussions within. I mean, it's it's not a um, a heavy hitter kind of note, but you know, day one or day three snowboarding ever concussion, and then day one in the states concussion, and I ended up going back to my house and James, who I was living with at the time, we had these Aussie girls living next door, and uh, one came over and they just pulled this prank that this one that rolled over was my girlfriend. Oh, right. And I'd never met her before, ever. 
Yeah. And so I, I was kind of all shy and I, I didn't know what to say. I was like, oh, hi. And I, I can't remember you. But I, you're apparently my girlfriend. And oh, yeah, man. So, <laughs> yeah, it was good times, man. Just mm, sharing and, the shit, man. And how was that as a sort of young Kiwi going over and suddenly the drinking age is higher and all these rules and shit, but there's also not these rules and shit? And yeah, it, it was... Um, it was interesting, man, because like, like you say, you know, you could drink back here, and um, going over there, like I said, the first couple seasons, I couldn't, I couldn't really be bothered wasting my time um, after hours. After the mountain, you could kind of get away with a few places at the base of the mountain to be able to um, get a drink without getting ID'd. So that was kind of my little time to to drink, but after a few years you you know doing it you'd kind of um look forward to going there because you you're looking forward to being americanized yeah you know you're like oh yeah sweet you got walmart you got all this like like life's so easy in the states man mm. you know you go to the supermarket it might cost you 200 dollars here to buy food for the week and it costs you like 60 bucks yeah you know so you're kind of going there going like sweet i can really maximize improving my snowboarding yeah. By, by not working that much. Yeah, and like live off the dollar menu like a lot of the Dero boys do. Yeah, Speaking of which, were, were they kicking around when you were doing Utah seasons? Well, I didn't really um well, I didn't really know know those guys that well, but there was um old Carl Dunham. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he was part of that crew. Yeah. And so he was he was there. So I got to I got to um meet him Took a while, you know, because it's it's one of those things, you know, you got to kind of earn your stripes. Yeah. But um, yeah, man, got to meet him, and he was a rare dude, man. He was, he was always good for a yarn, eh? So, um, but I think I was kind of on the tail end of those guys, kind of leaving. Yeah, right. Utah race, so. Yeah. And before we move to Snow Park, um, I want to ask, what was this thing I heard about rap battles on your first season? <laughs> oh yeah, pretty much. I just. <laughs> Pretty much, I get drunk and um, think that I'm an MC and just freestyle to the point whether it is awesome or it mentally drains you. So, and I still do it to this day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get my daughter into it, man. We just sit there and we just rhyme with, rhyme words and just see how far we can take who's, it. Who's a who's a name or two that you're taking down? Well. There's been some good battles between me and Dubsy. He's quite he's quite a lyrical genius, that guy, so it's quite hard to take him down. I've done it a few times. And then uh, an old mate I went to school with, Henry Gordon, He, me and him were kind of... who He was actually real good mates with Jesse Wilkinson. Oh, yeah. 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 So And that's another snowboarder that kind of influenced me from the get-go because I kind of met him straight off the bat. Right. And he, man, that guy, style for days and, and real technical stuff, man. It was quite cool. Mm. But, yeah, me and Henry Gordon, man, we'd, we'd um, be around at Jesse's house and we would just get sourced and eight mile the shit out of each other. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, and while we've been alluding to it, so Snow Park, so, so a lot of us associate uh, when you came and on a lot of our radars it was sort of snow park association so you ended up working there to start with 
Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, there was a little, little gig teaching or instructing there. Again, I'm moving around mountains that have, in New Zealand at least, that have fuck all amount of work for instructors. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, if you if you can't work, you might as well um, work on yourself, eh? So, um, yeah, I, my first season there, man. I just yeah taught, and there was a guy Kurt. Can't remember Kurt's last name, but he was he was a rad dude too. So. Um, yeah, we just kind of cruised around and... I remember that dude. Yeah. He worked up Cadrona one year. Before, Curly hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah before bro. he was a snowpark guy. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, bro, so... Yeah, we just, um... Yeah, rode up there for the first season and then slowly transitioned into doing park work and stuff, but... Oh, yeah, so shovel monkey action. Yeah, bro. Um, yeah. Get your spork on. <laughs> yeah. So how did that uh, transition into coaching Zoe? Uh, well, that was kind of more on the tail end of Snow Park when the Sunnets took over. Right. So um, I kind of got hit up by a couple of people to move, transition into that private coaching kind of um, area. And um, it wasn't with someone, you know, permanently, but there was a few kids throughout the season. And then one... One year, um, Robin hit me up, and she goes, oh, can you coach Zoe? Bevan Hall, as I said before, he was coaching Dylan, mm. um, her older brother, and um, yeah, so Zoe was definitely at a different level at that time um, to him, so she, they asked if I could um, coach her, so I coached her for for that season, and um, yeah, man, what a... What a um, yeah, I, I don't know what to really say about her, man. She was just like stone cold face, no emotion, um, and just tough as nails, which I've said in an interview before. And mm. it was kind of quite um, like you kind of knew that something was there. Mm. And it's and it, it sucked a wee bit because I kind of told Robin and Sean, um, I was like, man, your daughter's your daughter's got something, you know, you need to maybe get her overseas, like, do whatever you can do, and the focus was on Dylan a wee bit, mm. which is all good, you know, it's family dynamics, you know, you yeah. can't change that, but, um, in the, I guess in the, the end of it all, man, whatever they did, it's worked out, because yeah. look at how she fucking is snowboarding now, man. That's yeah, like everyone's favourite rider. Well, that's right. right. And like, like, take this for example, it, at the Olympics, you look at the height, the maximum height of the guys, mm. and she's in that region. Well, how's that last hit on their slapstyle run? She, like, took that as far as you could take it in the fucking landing. Yeah. And bolts. Yeah. See that... It's like a magnet. Yeah. The best rider was also the best Olympian. Yeah. Well, that's right. Yeah. I mean. Fuck you. Yeah. Fucking... I felt she was robbed in the hoop gear because... At the end of the day, gymnastics prevailed. Yes, yeah, yes. Um, Which to me is absolute um, bullshit. But no, totally. No, yeah. I don't think you're the only one. You're the only one that feels that way. It's you can match it watch. up with some summer Olympic stuff, eh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like people stopped the gymnastics shit in about '92 and snowboarding for good reason. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. 
Anyway, but hey, man, like, like I said, dude, like anyway. as a as a young Grommy bro, mm. she was she was the perfect person to coach me, and she was yeah. red. And gymnastics won that, but Zoe won fucking everything else. I swear. Yeah, man, it's not just yeah. about the Olympics. So mm. that's the that's the thing we got to remember. Eh? Mm. We've jumped a bit of a hit ourselves. Snow Park <laughs> um, was pretty pretty sweet. Obviously, I'll be trying Stein to shut down. Do that to you. Yeah. <laughs> um, Snow Park was like quite a bit of a hit of its time. Like, what was your first impression when you drove around that corner and laid eyes on it for the first time? Holy shit. It's the same. <laughs> <laughs> There's a whole mountain dedicated to this? Yeah. Yeah, man. It was, um, it was phenomenal, man. It was, like you said, it was, it was too ahead of its time. Mm. Um, if By you had it now. Years. Yeah, if you had yeah. it now, it would be it would be like a profitable um business idea mm. and and the way that it stemmed from chinese whispers to me was classic classic way of how kiwis roll and oh. um and and that was the other thing as well as you know you got to meet sam lee and i i worked with him quite a bit and dude that guy's a dead set legend mm. you know he really looked after his staff and and um yeah, man, hard worker, and it was rad, man. It was so rad, and yeah, it was just it was like twenty four seven party time. Yeah. But you worked hard and played hard, you mm. know, like it. And it was nuts that you would. I just remember going there, and you sort of take it for granted at the time, like, oh, that's Torstein over there, that's Travis Rice yeah. there, and the fucking whoever else. It yeah. was nuts that you could be like mixing it with. Oh, that's Ken Block jumping his car over there. Yeah, don't yeah. worry about that. Yeah. It's just Subi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, I mean, fuck, did you get uh, involved in some of the competitions, like the Billabong Brodown and shit? Yeah, I did that. Um, kind of, I don't, I don't know why, because I didn't feel like I was a competition rider, but, you know, when when it was there, kind of just thought, hey, fuck it, let's do mm. it. And, um, yeah, it was rad, man. There was like you say you're rubbing shoulders with like the world's best snowboarders mm. and um some but be confident you took part in the after party of that one yeah i i <laughs> feel like i won that <laughs> <laughs> fuck me holy shit those were that wasn't even that was the highlight of the season man those bro downs they were awesome bro there was some some nights eh? mm. i'd hate to just think the cost of the aftermath yeah. on those parties, eh? Yeah, so you weren't like a certain maintenance guy from Scotland that ended up in patrol with Nivedra? No, um, I wasn't. No, <laughs> but one of my mates almost suffocated on a fire extinguisher. Fucking hell. Yeah, no, yeah. Oh, Lewis, we, we came over the bridge and we we seen him passed out and we went into the uh, kitchen. This is when the wool, the wool shed was, had been built and... Um, he came back over from there and he's passed down the couch and we thought it'd be hilarious to let off a fire extinguisher in the room and so we did that and then we fucked off for you know maybe half an hour 20 minutes to go to the workshop and then you know do your thing at the workshop and he came back and he's still passed out and we walked in there and you literally couldn't breathe the minute you walked in there and we were like oh fuck this guy's been in here for 20 minutes man so we dragged <laughs> him out and just threw him threw him on the deck i think there was a couch outside the shop and just chucked him there so we're like 
Well, you at least won't die from suffocation. You might just die from hypothermia. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, man, it was. There was a, one time up there, one of the Billabong Bro Downs, and they had a bus, a Bacardi bus up there. And this is when I was, um, me and Joe Mac fucking drunk as fuck, and we're knocking on the bus. Everyone kind of, you know, started to like fizzle out. And uh, this guy's just telling us to fuck off, and we just keep knocking on the bus, and he just rolls out and gave us a 24 box of Monster and a bottle of Bacardi and goes, leave me alone, continue on your party elsewhere. <laughs> and we're just like, sweet. <laughs> God, Monster and Bacardi. Oh, dude. That's, that's a hell of a combination. Yeah, it's pretty, um, hard. It's pretty hard to poo the next day, I'll tell you. Fuck <laughs> <I can't. laughs> I'll pull my finger doesn't quite work fuck no pull my arm <laughs> yeah man I think I was fucking bunged up for a good three days after drinking 12 monsters and were you there for any of the Burton Opens like the quarter pipe jams and shit like that so I remember going and watching those and those were fucking awesome just to be a part of us the crowd and shit yeah man yeah there was um, there was the the the, the burden open and um, the electric quarter pipe well, I think it was the electric quarter mm. pipe hey? yeah. yeah and um, like you said man it's not, not a avenue of snowboarding that I'm super good at um, the old vert transition or transition vert and yeah it's just phenomenal watching people do that stuff you mm. know like um, again, it's like Mitchie Brown and Willie J, and and that was a, back to the bro down. That's where I met um, Dylan Butt. You know, yeah, he'd be right. he'd be up there, um, kind of being the drop in guy, and um, so you got to you got to meet these um, like legends in the country of New Zealand snowboarding. Mm. It was it was rad, man. It was it was real cool, and the parties for the for the burden comp weren't any you know it went as loose as the bro down but I think you had kind of special entry I never got into that stuff yeah right it seemed like the bro down the whole mountain was a part of it or some shit yeah well that's it yeah. yeah it's almost like they're like herding people from the bottom of the valley up there like, well I knew people come that on. would go from I'm like I should have gone I never went but I knew people that would just go up for the party yeah you know <laughs> You'd be rude not to, Tony. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess I was quite rude then. Well, like one year they had Lupe Fiasco turn up. That's right. They had a they had a hip set up off the side of the deck, and you had Lupe Fiasco doing his thing, and just guys earing up over him on this hip, man. It's like, where the fuck else do you get that nowadays? Yeah, well, you don't. Yeah. yeah the fine. red tape involved would be amazing. Yeah. Oh. Um, Nah, man, it was good, and it was, you know, as as much as you go, oh, I wish, you know, I wish I was still around. I I feel like Snow Park had a time and a place, man, mm. and and yeah, well, it was just well, great to be a part of it. Made the other mountains in New Zealand step the game up, like Remarks and Cadrona and shit. Oh yeah, bro. And then for I'm sure. sure that maybe it even helped internationally too, because there was like you had like Frank Wells and Jeff Patterson coming yep. down from North America. Yeah, it was definitely a game changer, right? Eh? And like people, like it was nuts, like. Like you'd have like Travis Rice come down for when you're filming that's that's all and they'll just build features for them. Yeah. You gotta be yeah. pretty you gotta be someone pretty special in order for that mm. to happen. But yeah. talking about that Yeah. Uh, that's all. That guy never met him. But he had the he you know, and and 
the way that he'd done it, he did the opening for that movie in New Zealand. I think the yeah, premiere was yeah. here. And this is back when Red Rock was open. And this guy was a dead set legend. He... We're well, talking Travis Rice, right? Travis Rice. We should probably throw his name out there. Yeah, yeah Trice or whatever. Mm. But, um, dude, everyone in Red Rock, at that point in time that he stood up at the bar, he bought everyone in the fucking bar a shot. Fuck yeah. Yeah, that was fucking rad, man. That's you know? awesome. Yeah, and that's just like, that is awesome snowboarding. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. like what snowboarding... I'm not going to say should be. It was what it was. But kind and of man of the people. Yeah, well, yeah. that's right, you know. And and, well, speaking of Travis Rice, have you been watching The Natural Selection? I haven't, sorry. I oh, watched right. Zoe's one last year. Um, and I've kind of... In saying that, Tony, I had like a slight despise towards watching snowboarding for a while. Uh, just simply because of how it's panned out to be. Mm. Not being a hater in any way, shape or form, but just didn't strike my interest to sit down on a couch yeah. and watch what is happening with snowboarding. Someone mentioned this natural selection and I watched that one, that Zoe one, the first one I think she mm. won. I can't remember where it was. And dude, what an awesome format. Mm. Like it, it fully kind of um, ignited a spark again, and and yeah, I, I wish I have watched more, but I actually sat down and watched the nine hours or whatever, however many hours it was to watch it's that. The first it was, time in about a decade, easy that I've actually watched a snowboard competition and been interested. That you want to watch? Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, yeah, it's su- such a great. And format. Especially that one you're talking about, where Zoe showed up out of nowhere and fucking wiped the floor with everyone. Yeah, <laughs> we've got this park rider, and we'll see how she does here. And then, yeah, she just, just got, the, got the mock out annihilated <laughs> them, all of them. I was like, fucking awesome. Um, I wanted to ask you about something um, that's involved with Snow Park, and that's a um, uh, Robbie Hollis mentioned. I got to ask you about groomer fights. Oh yeah, classic. So when you mention that, the only thing I can think of is one time I. Um, you know, being the stubborn fuckwit that I am, I dropped in on this American guy who was grooming the pipe. Brains, I think, was his name, actually. And he was a nice guy, but don't drop in on the pipe when that guy's cutting it. I think don't drop in on the pipe when anyone's cutting it. But he was doing his first pass, and I, I kind of dropped in, and I was making my way towards him, and there was only like three or four hits. And he turned the 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 chute that spits out the snow and on the hit before I was going to pop out, it just hit me and he buried half my body <laughs> into the pipe at the top of the vert, man. And I, I was like, oh, that's classic. And he came out and he was just like 70-year-old man just shaking his fist as he's standing on the track just like... Eh. Fuck you, Billsy. I'm not done with you yet. And dude, he was fuming. And my classic arguments is, is, dude, you hadn't shaped, you hadn't shaped the bit that I'd hit. So what's the issue? You know, don't worry about health and safety because I don't think anyone else is. 
And was he finished? Was he not finished with you? Oh, I got I got a stern talking to you know the day later in the wool shed or something, but you know, all fun and games, maybe. Mm. <laughs> and so, how did the name Billsy come about? Ah, uh, well, that came from where we used to live, two ten Stone Street, with uh, old Dubsy, and. I'd like to think it's because I had superhuman lungs and could um, rip a good billy, but predominantly it was the fact that I would never pay my bills on time. <laughs> so that I feel like is the reason of why I was called Billsy, and then it kind of led in as, and you know, the billies in the corner and snap five, snap five till you die. So, oh, there we go. Yeah. Well, a lot of us associate you with um, riding for Signal Snowboards. Um, how did that all come about? So, that came about with a guy called Damien Lee, who I met in Park City. Who's a dad now, he's just had his kid the other day. No way. Yeah, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Do you know what he ended up having? A girl. Oh, nice. Yeah, so you, you'll know what he's talking about. Yeah, but he shouldn't find through. Oh, he's got girly sperm. <laughs> I've got girly sperm. <laughs> like my mate Red Fox and Kingskit. They've all got girly sperm too. Um, yeah, man. So, I... Going back to Park City um, and Sam Wilkinson, I got invited to the Mountain Lab. This is slightly yeah. off... off, off um, off topic but I got invited to go to the DC Mountain Lab and I just bought a snowboard because Damien was rolling with Nitro back then and he was the rep for them and um, I just bought a team team board and we went up to the Mountain Lab first day riding it I fucking broke it and classic watched the Mountain Lab and just tried to do every trick that they did on the video there and I stoked out the guys there and they hooked me up a um a couple of boards and some outerwear and stuff and so I managed to make that last like a good three or four seasons and um Damien hit me up. He goes, Oh I'm moving away from Nitro and um I'm gonna go on to this brand called Signal, who is an old school legends brand, Dave Lee, who mm. you've told me that is one of your all time favourites. All time favourites, yep. yeah, bro. And if you listen to the JJ Raywood episode, you'll hear a story about how I make a complete ass of myself the first time I meet him, or the only time I meet him. <laughs> it was classic Tony. <laughs> uh, totally. Totally. <laughs> it's so um yeah man he told me about this brand and I was like hey bro I don't want to pay for snowboards or gear because if I have to pay for that it means I have to work more <laughs> and if I have to work more that means I can't snowboard more for myself so um, so yeah he hooked it up man and he kind of um, you know got us some gear and um, yeah man he kind of just got that ball rolling and yeah, so was, was that through Signal New Zealand, or was that a, an actual international thing? Well, it, it initially was through um, Damien, which was Signal New Zealand. Mm. Um, and then um, just with a few things, um, I guess him being American um, and having kind of good networking over there, um, we got to meet you know the, the kind of people 
that were higher higher up in the in the, the that small company and um yeah man so yeah it was rad dude like what a what a great company what a yeah it was, it was rad it was good man like, you got to meet everyone that did everything yeah you know it was like you met the guy that made the board that you're snowboarding mm. and then the guy that markets and the guy that owns it and then mm. yeah dude it was it was cool i never got to go out to the factory to you know you always got the invite to go out there and make a snowboard but um yeah man it did was, you get to cut laps with dave yeah dude Fuck. yeah rad. and that was rad and yeah. like he he was a legend man like not just for snowboarding but the way that he kind of his mannerisms and how he i don't know man he's just got good aura he's, mm. he's real rad i'm not a hippie in any way but that guy just he's just happy and content and i think anyone that's met him knows what you're talking about though yeah bro yeah, yeah. he's just a rad dude mm. and um you know nothing phases him Mm. And, and especially you know you kind of I could imagine starting up a snowboard company mm. um, at the point in time that he did it's actually quite you know because him and Matt Hammer I think initially oh, mm, in, right. initially yeah him and Matt Hammer initially started that brand possibly I could be mm. incorrect and he was another influencer of my snowboarding Matt Hammer yeah man right. fuck that guy yeah John Jackson sorry as yeah. well but um, yeah. What a what a rare dude. Mm, that's sweet. And uh, Signal New Zealand had what has turned out to be quite the formidable team. Yeah, if you if you <laughs> if you jot it down on paper now, mm. man, and you. So I'll give the list of names and then you talk about them. Okay. So, Signal New Zealand at the time had yourself, JJ Raywood, Cora Phillips, Zoe Sinnott. TJ <laughs> and Lem Wiley yeah that's so, a pretty when you look at where a lot of those riders have ended up that's a fucking heavy lineup. well pretty much all of them are still killing it yeah you know like I've I've bumped into Liam uh, quite a few times and him and JJ have got a great band mm. they they rock out and they both like I, I don't know where Liam is with the snowboarding at the moment but when he left dude that guy was you know riding really well mm. you know he was he was um i, mean, I think he, at that point where you know you kind of you kind of get to a point with your snowboarding where you learn a few things and committing mm. you know you learn to commit and that's that's the make or break yeah and i feel like liam was at that point man where you could kind of rattle off a list of things that he hadn't done Mm. and he'd, he'd give it an attempt and it might take him, you know, three times. So that, that's a good place to be in your snowboarding. And then you look at JJ, yeah. the, the Slaywood. Slaywood. And, <laughs> dude, that guy was a style master, mm. you know, like silky smooth. And um, the ni- I think that guy was probably the nicest child to, to ever be in New Zealand. Yeah. When that guy was 12 years old, it was like, that guy was like the nicest 12-year-old you'd ever come across. Yeah, and that was at the time where he was like Kadrona's little brother. Well, that's right. Mm. And then he turned 18 and would party across the road from you and pass out on a couch and then have profanities drawn all over his face. <laughs> and then you'd have to carry this man-child over the road being five foot seven or eight or whatever size I am. This... 12 year olds not 12 years old size wise anymore man and carried him over across the road to stone street and i was like don't worry 
Belzy's got you, buddy. We'll just miss on here, but <laughs> man, like you were like Camp Dad to a couple of single <laughs> riders there, <laughs> But yeah, man, JJ, yeah, hey, his, his snowboarding, you know, he, he just he got steered in the right direction, man. He, well, I think we were saying before about fundamentals, and he got yeah, Jody Bletchley is his coach, man, you know, yeah. like um, yeah. yeah, and um. Cora and Zoe, you know, like two girls that were pretty much at the the top in the in in the female side of snowboarding, man. Mm. You know, and like, then Cora's gone on to do the power thing now. Yeah, which is winters, which, which which is a great, uh, dude. That that's almost like the wisest thing you could do. Yeah, because that's always like the come around effect, isn't it? Mm. Oh, I don't want to hit jumps anymore. These are a bit buggered. I'm just gonna go ride power. Sassy, smarter than all the rest of the <laughs> yeah, day. pretty much, eh? Mm. And then Zoe, well, that speaks for herself. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it, yeah. You know? And then TJ, man. I, I saw TJ last season for the first time in probably, like, five years. And, dude, that guy is... He, he's like a Dave Lee as well, eh? That guy is always stoked. Mm. Always happy. Always up for a yarn. Sometimes too much for a yarn. But, yeah. man, he's... Such a nice guy. And, dude, that guy could jib for days. Oh, he's a jib monster, eh? Yeah, man. Um, and, like, oh, I'm feeling rusty, and then does these super tech combos that I yeah. couldn't do in a million years. Like, oh, sorry, sorry, what? <laughs> yeah, come here. Yeah. I think that guy had switch backlip. Trick I could never do, man. He'd switch backlip, and it just looked, it looked better than my backlip. Mm. You know, you just, like... Mm. Fuck you, TJ. <laughs> Stefan Goldman um, sent me through some photos. And found some of TJ when he must have just got on signal, all super tight pants and doing like one foot board slides and shit. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. The classic Scotty Stevens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's the tight pants. It was like the one thing I was like, TJ, come on, get him. Get some medium pants. Well, it's, it's funny because that in summertime just been, we had the rail jam up at Cadrona in December. <laughs> when he showed up for it, and he's in like pants, like 90s baggy pants. Mm. And I was like, dude, come on, man. Well, I had to live through that in the 90s already. Why are you bringing that shit back? I don't want to like, see that again. Fuck. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, fuck, I'll never forget the first time I met him. I was like, who the fuck's this? And like, I was uh, hanging out with the Snowboard Workshop dudes, Tom and those dudes. Yeah. And he showed up. And I was just like, who the fuck's this guy? He's like, a fresh pincer Valier t-shirt on, a box of wicked changies under him, and didn't really seem to be aware of re- where he really was. It's <laughs> 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 just, just like... I'm on holiday, man. It's just like, like, who the fuck's this guy? <laughs> and then I was just amused by his friends. Like, oh, no, don't go stick around. You're kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, you can hang out here, buddy. <laughs> you amuse me. <laughs> oh, so yeah. being on Signal, um, if I remember rightly, you got involved in a few every third Thursdays. Yeah, and man. For the listeners that don't know, that's when Signal does quirky things with snowboard construction. That's right. Mm. Yeah, so um, Signal, they, for ages before I jumped on that ship, they um, they had a, a video obviously every third Thursday and they'd incorporate some crazy contraption into a snowboard. Mm. And uh, again, like rad idea. Some fucking out of it ones, like they make a board out of glass and yeah. all sorts of other shit and... Well, they had Devin no. Walsh on their team at one point, and they, you know, like as as simple as it is, 
but cool idea. Uh, they put like a, a golf tee on the end with a little oh, green sick. on it. And they <laughs> he hiked up to the top of some fucking peak and um, teed off, mm. you know, so... Because the one, I think you were involved with a few, but the one that sticks out to me was when they came out and pressed a board underwater using the atmospheric pressure. Mm. And yeah, man, you were saying that your mate was the scuba guy. Yeah, my, my friend Lance. Yeah, um, right. Descent scuba diving. Yeah, man. Yeah, so they do like scuba tours in Milford Sound, which is pretty out of it. Yeah. I think he just had this thing where he like sent Dave Lee an email going, oh, then they'll, they'll never respond to this. You yeah. Know, but what if? And then, um, and then he's like, they got a fucking email back, and we're coming out. And uh, I think they had a bit of a hard time trying to get the resin through customs. <laughs> yeah. I swear it's for a snowboard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, how involved were you with that one? Is just a rider, or yeah, pretty much, bro. Like, um, that was that was the third, or that was actually the fourth one that I did. Um, so, had met Dave Lee. Uh, plenty of times and um yeah damien you know being the being the uh the representative for new zealand he he and your mate lance they obviously struck a chord with them and managed to get them to come over to new zealand i mean who would not want to yeah, you know, yeah, it's a beautiful place and um and yes yeah, so damien told us they're going to come over and they got in a few days before we were going to meet them and they he pretty much told us what was going on and it was like they're doing what <laughs> they're gonna scuba dive down and leave a board there overnight and come back and yeah dude it was a cool concept day eh? mm. yeah man held up surprisingly well yeah especially we got jj myself and tj riding on it eh? yeah i think well jj was saying by the time we got to him it was totally flogged well, that's what uh, happens when you're the grommy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what were some other um, every third Thursdays that you were involved with? Well, they had um, so one time I was in Mammoth, and um, this is where I I was over there with. I went over there, and I managed to um, ask Sober politely to Christy Pryor and Colin Bartlett if I could crash at their pad and um as nice as they are they didn't charge me uh, hey. i don't think i had much to offer except for uh good times and and uh that was about it but we i got a call from robin Sinnott, zoe's mum and dylan was over there so she asked if i could just coach dylan for a week and um so we were we were doing our thing and um damien sent me a a message going oh dave lee's going up to mammoth and um has heard that you're up there and has another rider involved and wants to do a, a pinewood derby which is like a massive thing in the states where you whittle a car or whatever and you race it down a hill and you know aerodynamics and all this kind of right. stuff and so they brought that concept you know classic americana into snowboarding Right, and so we got Dylan involved in it too, <laughs> which was quite cool. Um, and so what they did is they they went to the local trade yard and they slapped what they would call two by four. <laughs> they got three of those um, at what would have probably been fuck two and a half meters long, and they glued those together and 
took it back to their warehouse and slapped a snowboard base on the bottom. And then they managed to get Makita tools on board with the video. So they rolled up to Mammoth with these four boards that were 4 by 2 with snowboard bases and they had a little, um, you know, they had a little curve for the nose and, and flat for the back and a shit ton of Makita tools and they just rolled up and go, create your own Pinewood Derby snowboard. Oh, wow. And that was cool, man. It was real rare. And this was before I became a builder and, and pretty much hadn't really used any power tools ever in my life. And the amount of jigsaw blades that we went through was <laughs> fucking insane. Um, and yeah, man, so we pretty much just got free reign. Uh, Dave Lee was one of the four. And, um, you know, he, he drilled a hole through the back to get like a bit of a bit of a spray, <laughs> like a tail, rooster tail thing going on. But um, he obviously didn't hold his hand uh, plumb enough that it, he must have angled it back towards him. So every time it, every time he rode it, it would just spray back up into him. <laughs> 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 and uh, the, the, probably the most like, switched onto a guy was this American guy. I can't remember his name, but he, he got the planer and just buzzed through this like... 45 mil worth of timber so he ended up having about he probably got halfway through and it was it was, it was switched on man because he had flex he ended up getting a bit of flex mm. and so the guy could hit jumps <laughs> and on there I'd, I just gave up man I just cut a rooster tail and got heaps of shavings and paint and just like stuck it all over the top and got two little triangles and made it look like a tiger <laughs> and just had this full two and a half meter board and I tried to go through a jump, man, and I just ended up bulldozing through the spring five-foot jump, you know, beginner slope jump, man. <laughs> that was rad. It was really, it was real hard, man, because no edges. Yeah. No yeah. side cut. And it, but it worked. Mm. You know, again, it's great fundamentals, mate. You can write anything. <laughs> <laughs> But and, yeah, it was cool, man. And there was another one with them, like Dave did specifically for you, a music board, is that right? Yeah, man. So, um, yeah, again, over in the States, and um, I got an invite to Super Park uh, one year, which was in Mount Bachelor, which I think's in Oregon. And I was up there with a couple of my American mates and we were riding around and again another email came through and um, Dave Lee's like, hey man, we're going to go up. Um, it's National American Music Week, that week that Super Park was on. And um, so we got to bring up a board. And you're like, oh, okay, this is cool. I wonder, you know, maybe just slap a drum kit <laughs> on a board. Like, what are they going to do? And, um, yeah, so they incorporated the xylophone mm. um, into the board. And they made the bass asymmetrical. So I don't know if um, anyone that's listening or, or yourself has seen a... It's kind of like a GNU pickle. Mm. So it, it compensates where if you do a toe side turn you've got the use of your ankles being able to like flex to tighten up your turn where when you go on your heel side turn you haven't got your ankles to be able to help manipulate your turn as much so mm. they put it into the side cut mm. to be able to help compensate to make the arc of your turn 
with the ease the same so they did that with the xylophone and um xylophone board and yeah man it was it was quite it was quite crack up so you had these channel gap jumps and <laughs> and those these rails so you were hitting super park on the xylophone board yeah bro yeah yeah Fucking um, hell. And heaps of snow would gather up under the under the notes and stuff. Yeah. So, you know, every kind of couple of laps, you'd have to give it a bang. And when we first rolled up, or when they first rolled up, because we were already there, um, dude, everyone in the car park that walked past was just so intrigued yeah. by this board man. Like, we, we pretty much spent, like, a good hour in the car park of people oh can I have a go and you know like <laughs> it's amazing how good everyone's you know like a lot of people could play the xylophone yeah 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 everyone's just like having a little jam and you're like oh dude I've got to play a little beat on the video I'm real shit at playing it but everyone could just play like some little rough or something like that it was quite cool man <laughs> so yeah um, did that that was rad mm. and um, did you end up on the like the international signal team then or well I'd, I'd I wouldn't say um, I would be on the international signal team, but I felt like I, to, with at least in Dave Lee's eyes, um, like I, he said to me at one point that I'd done the most every third Thursdays bar their main writer, who was, um, I can't remember his name, but he was a really good um, jibber man. He was... It was real good, and he was oh Jake O. E. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So me and him had the same amount of um, every third Thursdays, and you know, being classic Kiwi, I think that kind of the accent and everything kind of you know draw draws people mm. in. Like you sound a bit piratey, you know. You're <laughs> yeah. like, here's a bottle of rum. Let's, let's see where this can go. But um, mm. yeah, man. So kind of like in that sense, like never anything you know official but mm. um definitely got invited to a lot of a lot right. of their stuff bro which was quite cool when i was I'd in the say. states so well you know dave lee crashed um brent screen's 21st back in the day in wanaka here did he yeah yeah and, the, and, and a couple of back when he was on libtech and a bunch of those dudes were down here filming with mac dog showed up at brent's flat because they're like yeah heard there's a party here we bought some kegs <laughs> <laughs> all right you can come in <laughs> well, well, i guess you better come on in there. Yeah. but anyway brent tells it a bit more in detail there um you mentioned before super he's Park. a good cat he is he a, is a brent, good cat brent screen's best dude were you ever were you on the mad wax flow team no i wasn't see i don't i didn't meet um brent that much when he had uh mad wax kind of more um later on and um especially now since he's a painter top mm. notch painter at that too yeah and um yeah dude red red dude man biggest frother eh and fucking right hands down gotta be the oldest person ever to hit the um the tc gap or the cat track gap oh yeah like 46 i think he did it or some shit i think there needs to be like a plaque in the in the tc lodge there eh? oh fuck yeah yeah yeah, yeah oh. <laughs> I've got it made already. All you got to do is just put it on the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've uh, alluded before the super parks. I'm wondering to sort of go back to there. Like, how did um, Bilzy from New Zealand get an invite to Super Park? I can't remember. I yeah, I think it's probably quite a prestigious event, right? Yeah, man. I I have no idea really. Um, I think Damien probably had something to do with it. 
Um, but yeah, we just we, we rolled up there, man. And luckily enough, uh, the first season we were there was with um, Aussie Henning, which ended up being like a, a real big name in, in snowboarding, um, like just, you know, that Scotty Stevens kind of type of snowboarding, man. Just real fun, quite technical jib street rails. I think he even did like a X Games real street. So, Aussie and Teddy, Theodore Muse, who, um, dude, if there was anyone to show you how to get good at something, this guy was a filmer, and he started off filming, you know, just being your casual layman kind of guy, but he would just film anything and everything. And he put so much time and effort into it, and he ended up getting to um, filming Trans World, and he's moved on to bigger, better things now, I'm sure. But um, our first season at Super Park, us three rolled over there, and um, yeah, man, it, we were just like blown away. Mm. You know, you got three super good park crews from three super prestigious mountains. Mm. building these little areas and it's like fuck dude it was quite intimidating to roll up to yeah man yeah yeah it was like holy shit Mm. yeah um my my they they'd build these like little tranny finder trails you know like a kind of like a border crossy fruit a little bit more freestyly border cross mm. you're like oh maybe we'll just start over there and ease our way into it because <laughs> i think the smallest jump there man was probably like 80 foot fucking hell you know it was it was definitely like oh okay well at least if anything the snow's slightly better than new zealand yeah <laughs> it's a bit softer so you reckon new zealand sort of probably helped with um taking to that like heading big jumps in snow park on hard landings you can sort of take that mentality to these other places and be like oh well, we can make it work from like the midwest back to the west coast man you know the it, it's a it's an element you've got to take into snowboarding mm. because to you got to cover all aspects and and snow conditions is like a big part of it you know Mm. not necessarily weather which does play effect into it but you know the the way that snow rides and and how it feels underfoot you know you go up to cadrona and i'm not like bagging out cadrona in any way shape or form because it's mother nature but you know you go up to the first down rail at the top of the park Mm. and you go to maybe do like a um backside tail you know, mm. or just even like a board slide, and you and again, it's that thing. You're on your heel edge, and it just feels like there's no, there's there's no platform to work off of because you're just on sheer ice. Mm. It's like ninety five percent of the time when you're in that part of the states, it's always like edgeable. Yeah, you know, and that's like a massive thing. So these conditions are like so really you... really good to ride mm. compared, like you say, compared to New Zealand. Mm. you know um salt lake and and park city you know they've got some of the best snow in the world they compare it to japan Mm. you know and and it's 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 easy when it comes to that part of snowboarding Mm. oh it's fucking funny when you come from a place where it's like five centimeters and it's powder day and then you go to utah or japan and it's like 
the what they consider a powder day is very different. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's know, right. And the, soft landings. The o- the only the only downfall to Park City is that w- if you compare it to Japan, Japan get these like mammoth snowfalls. Where if you go to Park City, they don't get the snowfall amount that you would get at Park uh, at, in Japan. Um, so and because the snow's so light. Um, quite a lot of the times if it wasn't a massive snowfall you'd sink and you could feel the shit that was underneath it mm. so you'd need it to be like a decent snowfall if you were to ride powder mm. but then when you were to pack that down and you know groom the park you've got that snow that you just shuffle your feet and it just goes you know mm. that nice fucking grippy snowman yeah and what better snow to learn on like or even progress or just have as a base to ride on you know yeah yeah it's all about although, foundations although you learn you learn about you learn to land on your feet pretty fucking quick around these parts oh fuck yeah yeah <laughs> my butt cheeks just went two different ways <laughs> yeah, they, didn't, yeah. they didn't feel nice everyone's got one of those stories <laughs> eh? like I'm pretty sure nature didn't intend my butt cheeks to go those two ways that's right <laughs> was this was it su- no not pseudofed that cream eh? pseudo cream <laughs> <laughs> always like, carried in my pocket it's like oh no I've got ring sting again <laughs> <laughs> well um, Stefan Godman told me to ask you about a red spray paint hoodie whatever the hell that means oh yeah that was um, classic kind of I guess Kiwi freebie so I got given this Burton hoodie it was red and it was comfy and it was the right size to go snowboarding in. And so I did a uh, edit, I think, with um, old Teddy. And Damien came up to me after the edit came out and he's just like, dude, you know, I didn't think much of it because it's, you know, not, there's nothing serious about snowboarding. Mm. But he's like, you can't really wear burden outerwear, man. Like, it's a wee bit against signal and i'm like oh, okay that's cool i guess yeah it's another board company isn't it so well that's yeah. right yeah mm. you know like maybe it was a bit of oblivious to the you know naive would probably be the best word but i'm just there going man this fucking hoodie it's just so awesome and i was i was just like man you know what i've got a, a signal stencil so i slapped that on and i did a base coat took out the burden logo with a bit of white paint and chuck the sticker on and just slap some black paint over the sticker and then peeled it off and just had this nice signal logo <laughs> that was you know the makeshift signal logo which was um red and that i rode that thing for like three or four years man mm. yeah but it, you know you can't beat a good hoodie yeah, yeah. you know like, you don't want me to wear that you provide me with a hoodie just as comfortable yeah or you give me a sticker and some paint. <laughs> <laughs> and um, what's this about being Mark McMorris's stunt double? Uh, yes, yeah, so... A couple years... More than a couple years ago, what have been about maybe 14, 13 years ago, there was an Olympic Games um, being held, I think that might have been in Italy, and... Canada um, was in their summertime before the Olympic Games, so they didn't really have any place to do their um, 
winter ads or snowboarding or whatever. So uh, they came over to New Zealand did some filming and Craig McMorris, he um, he came over but Mark couldn't make it for some reason. And um, so I got, I got the call up to dress fully face mask to be Mark McMorris. So how did that all happen though? Like who's, who... Well, I have no fucking idea. Who the fuck put you forward? I have no idea. I can't remember. It was, you know, 13 years ago, but I pretty much, um, yeah, just got told day one, you need to be fully covered because you're going to be Mark McMorris's stunt double. And I was like, oh, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> can't do a double cork, but uh, I could kind of maybe do a cork at the end to look like it. <laughs> so what, what did that involve? So we we kind of faffed around a bit and they built us this cat gap jump and um, Craig wasn't super stoked on it. It was pretty burly and I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to say anything because I kind of just, fuck, it was a good paycheck. Mm-hmm. And so um, we ended up doing on the big jump. So we spent, you know, a, a couple afternoons with, they got us to ride off the jump holding flares. So we'd right. pop a flare and then we'd have to go off this jump holding a flare and, and doing these tricks. And um, we probably went through about four pairs of gloves each. <laughs> They'd just like melt the shit out so of So was this gloves. at Cadrone? Yeah, bro. It was right. off the big jump at, uh, not the big air jump, but it was off the um, big triple line jump at Cardi's. Oh, yeah? Yeah, man. And um, Byron Wales, he, he was in on the mix. He did the old follow cam on skis. Right. So I got to meet, kind of, you know, knew, knew of him, but um, kind of got to bro down with him, yeah, which was yeah. quite cool, which kind of, you know, opened my eyes up, I was like, he's, he's a red dude, so, mm. yeah man, but it was it was quite crack up, eh, um, just having that put forward to you. Yeah, want to be Mark McMorris' stunt double, like, yeah. what the fuck? Yeah, it's like, I, I don't know if I could take the weight on my shoulders, man, that's <laughs> And pretty... if anyone's listening to this that knows how this happened, please let us know in the comments or some shit, fuck. Yeah, because I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Good paycheck though. Oh, it's kind of funny. We segue from being told off for Burton to probably having being paid quite well to have to ride. Well, a I got because I don't ride for any fucking snowball company anymore. But I got given a brand new Burton custom mm. to hit a big jump, and holy shit, dude, that board is a platform to use to take off on a big jump. That was an epic board to ride for the three days. Yeah. Not as good as a signal snowboard, <laughs> obviously, yeah. but man. <laughs> and uh, what's this about a Playboy shoot at Mammoth Mountain? Ah, so I haven't told many people about this, Tony. Uh, hey, yeah. hey we're getting, was, getting some uh, exclusive dirt here. So that was probably... One of my highlights of my snowboarding, man. Because <laughs> I got to see, I got to see four pairs of Playboy bunny titties. <laughs> <laughs> so Dave Lee invited, um, I guess, like his international team and and myself out to June when that was open so I don't think June's a mountain anymore I think that might be done and dusted alright and that was down the road from Mammoth and so we spent a week there and we'd done a couple days and from the get go he's he's kind of like I've got a special treat for you guys 
And we're like, oh, cool, you know, like, what's going to go on? He's going to get us, you know, a couple of kegs and never miss a party. It was like, bullshit, you know. And um, so the morning came and he goes, oh, this afternoon, just be ready. We're going to, um, I've got a good surprise for you. And we're like, okay, sweet. So that, that turned up and, you know, it was like 12 o'clock and they got us to all gather around. And he goes, here we have this jib feature. So they had, June had their um, lodge, which was a two-story lodge with a bridge that just had handrails over to a workshop. And that was facing, a slope slope was facing into the workshop. So they had this um, street jib, I guess in a sense, with a a story and a half drop to like a landing, like a bit of a, you know, kind of hip landing. And he goes, oh, we've set the street jib up for you guys. And we're like, oh, that's cool. And he goes, just as well as that, we've got Playboy to come hang out. And so there were four Playboy bunnies that just came out of nowhere on skidoos, butt naked. <laughs> and they were just like, yeah, we're here. To... They, they did this TV show where they kind of got all extreme and they go skydiving and you know, jet skiing or whatever it may be. So they incorporated freestyle snowboarding into their TV show. And so we were um, we, we were hitting this feature and I, luckily enough, out of all of us, kind of was doing the hardest trick. And um, it took me four times to land it. And on the fourth time, I got it and I stomped it and I turned around and everyone just fucking went off their chops, you know, just like roared. And I just kind of locked in these Playboy bunnies. Four of them kind of just were like, oh, that was real good. Oh, and they just ran over to me <laughs> and just fucking completely tackled me as I kind of stopped sliding. And I just got absolutely smothered by four gorgeous as fuck girls, man. It was, it was... Like it, I can remember like it happened yesterday. <laughs> oh, stop tackling me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, there goes another breast in my face. Oh. But just to let you know, not as gorgeous as Maria Otley, <laughs> but damn close. <laughs> so, yeah, man, it was. Oh, sweet. It I'm was awesome. Any single snowboarder oh, shit, career. Yeah. Oh, it was awesome, man. And like, for, <laughs> for like, even to this day. I've tried to find that footage because I had to sign a waiver and everything mm. and I never found it. So, like, how was their reaction to seeing snowboarding and shit? Did they, I don't know, like, did they, I think what, it, what, was it a completely alien thing to them? Like, what the I don't, I don't, shit, I don't think it was, but I think, I don't think snowboarding in a general was because, mm. you know, they probably live in LA and you've got Bear Mountain Mm. You know, that's real close, and those guys make money, man, so they mm. can afford to go wherever. But when it came to um, the trickery, th- that's what, you know, kind of turned around and they kind of worked off the crowd's reaction. Yeah. Of, fucky fucking landed there, that's fucking cool. Yeah. And then they just kind of looked at each other and were just like, I think we need to put our breasts in that guy's face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just lucky one didn't like cartwheel and I just Mmm <laughs> 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 
It would have been great. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, it was... Uh... <laughs> it's not this funny, I don't get it. But <laughs> Sweet. Well, <coughs> fuck, sorry, listeners. Um... <laughs> <laughs> well, where do we go from there we might as well just cut the fucking <laughs> stop and start again <laughs> we'll just stop on breasts and billsy face <laughs> on a more serious <clears throat> note <laughs> hope well, you guys have checked your smoke alarms it's winter's coming up <laughs> <laughs> and I've been told i got to ask you about a mountain dew ad which sort of probably pales in comparison to what we just talked about but well, Jack Spence jumped and tackled me oh yeah he, he didn't have anywhere near as nice bosoms as the Playboy bunnies, but no. still has Jack Spence, man. I mean, yeah, I mean that's um, some privileged company to be in as far as getting tackled. Snowboarding, because, I guess. not nutrition. Yes. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that the food trucks in the Seco still miss Jack Spence. <laughs> Vegetable is not a word in that, go, that guy's vocabulary. Yeah, right? yeah. In fact, on my, they might have asked after him when I was last in the Seco a couple of years later. They're like, oh. no, 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 no more. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, man, we did this Mountain Dew ad. And, um, I don't know whatever happened. I actually think Jack got put on the back of some buses. I think he managed to get a shot and was just plastered up on some buses, which was rad, because like, I, I think it fizzled into nothing outside of that. Right. But um, there was myself, uh, Timmy Herbert, oh, yeah. old scab siggy. T-Herb? T- yeah, T-Herb, and, um, and Jack Spence, and we did that at The Remarkables with, um, what's that guy's name? Did the filming for the, the Dero guys over there, like Heath. Heath and stuff. Nah, it wasn't Heath, it was the yeah, other guy. Tim. Tim or Blair? Blair. Blair. It was Blair. Yeah, Blair did the filming for that. And so, yeah, we just cruised around and, um, yeah, it was cool, man. You know, just kind of, they, they kind of wanted us to ride the um, stash a bit. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and, I mean, at least for me, when I've gone over there, which has only been about four or five times... Um, I've never really put much interest into the stash because it's always been kind of the snow's been a bit depleted and you're kind of like whoa I do want to ride tomorrow yeah. so um, so yeah the, that day they kind of you know we kind of focus on a couple of features so you can kind of bulk up the snow get, get shovels out and stuff and yeah man it was pretty rad got to drink Mountain Dew all day which didn't Jesus. really take on too much but yeah. hey man it was a a good day at the Remarkables it was mint and sunny and like you say you get to ride with Timmy Herbert who again mm. is another you know like JJ and Jack is mm. like masters of style treat to watch eh? yeah man yep. yeah shut you you know mm. what what snowboarding um, at least to me and I'd think yourself is the epitome of like good good watching mm. good watching I snowboarding mean, we've talked about T Herb in quite a few podcasts but rightly so like because you know you, you you look at his social media edits and then he just comes across like a, a gibbrat. Yeah. But then he will just show up and clean out the bank slalom. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, that guy's a he's a coach grommet. He's mm. got the fundamentals. You yeah. know, he's he's learnt to ride a snowboard properly. And but it's again like you never don't judge a book by its cover. Mm. You know. Mm. 
I mean, he's just as good to watch in between the tricks. Yeah, man. You know, yeah. which is which is kind of big. Like, yeah, that's important. Well, that's it. You know, mm. it's just the flow. Mm. You know, he's got nice turns. He's he's he, he 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 almost you know if you had to cover a snowboard, he can tick off a hundred percent of that surface area. Yeah, because he can cover all all of it. Yeah, you know, and it's the same with Jack Spence, man. I give that guy props. I give Timmy Herbert props. He's mm. he's fucking rad. Mm. Um, but Jack Spence, I give him props mm. because I started snowboarding um, at that time where you could only be really good at snowboarding if you were small because yeah. he had a short centre of gravity. Yeah. And then you've got Jack Spence who's yeah. just like a carnivore <laughs> and doesn't know what a piece of fucking broccoli or Brussels sprouts is. <laughs> Ride his snowboard the way that he does. Mm. And dude, it's uh, again, it's a it's a treat to watch. Very know? agile, actually, in the air. Right? Like, <laughs> Amazingly yeah. agile, like, considering there's low fiber. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, he came up to me. It must have been like last year or year before, right? And he was absolutely blown away because he goes, "Bilzy, you won't believe it, but I now know how to cook rice." <laughs> <laughs> And what do you do, man? You're just like, it's good for you, bro. Mm. But his um, like 360 shifties. Who? Jack's Jack's Jack is yeah, man. awesome. And switchback ones. So yeah, dude. Just see, that's a trick. Yeah, switchback one. Fucking yeah, man. I mean, those things scare the shit out of me. About you know, two inches off the ground, <laughs> let alone let alone him pinging them over the fucking big ear jumps. Just, just watching right. them. Mm. and that's the same it's funny you mention that because you can go back to Timmy Herbert mm. back five shifties yes you yes. know like that guy can that guy is good at that and mm. and, and that's a lot of control you know good mm. call good call yeah yeah oh, sweet and um while we're uh, talking about some notable New Zealand riders uh, can't really go any further without talking about Christy Pryor and Colin Bartlett who came up before yeah, man. So, like, I mean, while we're on the subject of style, fucking Christy Pryor. Yeah, <laughs> I thought of it today because I saw I saw your notes, even though you didn't have many notes because you're an, we call you the elephant because <laughs> you remember everything without needing notes. But I, I thought today I was like Christy Pryor. I saw her name and I was like, man, I haven't seen that name in a long time, and I kind of thought I was like. Who could I resemble her to that was a person that I thought was real rad at snowboarding? And JP Solberg mm. was a guy, style-wise, that I would put her in the same bracket as, man. Like, yeah. dude, that chick had style. She's just she's just super solid rider, man. Just And it would go massive. Mm. And she kind of covered every element to it yeah because it was hard to pick whether her jump game or rail game was better like I mean maybe she came on the scene but, that, but that's the thing it's like you don't need to do that yeah you just need to be like fuck she's got it back yeah and you she, know? she is yeah like remember when she I think we all sort of got to know that name when she sort of seemingly come out of nowhere and won this big ear competition with a front roadie seven and like none of the guys were even landing shit yeah just showed up and smashed one of those out and fuck all girls were doing those back then well yeah. 
she like the crazy thing with her is like I don't really know her very well back in the day, but she she's been around for ages, man. Mm. She'd been around like the first time I heard her name was probably two thousand and six or seven. Mm. Cow copper copper hard, <laughs> as she would say. Yeah. But um, and she was like full jibber. You know, didn't really think too much with the jumps. And then, yeah, she, I don't know what she did. And I know what she did is that Colin came on board and he did his magic. And, man, her jump game just went through the roof. Mm. And, fuck, dude, she was such, she kind of laid the path um, for Zoe, I think, Mm. when it came to chicks can look just as good as guys on a snowboard. Mm. you know because she did and yeah. and you look at zoe now and she does yeah and it's it, it's that thing it's it's a hard one because you sound like an asshole but snow the way that snowboarding's designed and you guys can hate me for saying this but the way that tricks are designed compared to biomechanics is that it favors guys it's like we don't have childbearing hips we've mm. got these like little skinny runty flexible things that that are really good for snowboarding mm. and then for a girl to be able to um ride just as well and, and look just as good is is fucking awesome man because mm. you know again i'd probably sound like an asshole but when i first got into snowboarding and and you know the first five six years until probably i kind of met christy jamie anderson was probably the um forefront of it all you know mm. you could watch her and be like that looks cool that's mm. a girl that could ride real well mm. you know yeah she was she was she I mean, was cool did, to ride with you then. did have some girls back then like shelly and abby that were fucking crushing it too though yeah and that's right like you had shelly who does double wildcats mm. and you're like holy fuck mm. you've done two flips in one go and i'm struggling to fucking and this is before one. it was really a thing well, she did that, and it was like, holy fuck. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, and and I, 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 I guess I don't feel bad for saying it, but it was like, Shelly did that, and it just fucking, I was just so fucking impressed. Mm. Yeah. I was like, holy fuck, dude. Mm. You've done two inverts in one, and that was when double corks were just kind of, you know, were a thing. Mm. You know. It was the realm of, like, the international pros and shit. Yeah, bro. And so here's Shelly come out of nowhere and bust him out. Yeah. And just, yeah, just tacking it off. Mm. You're like, man, fuck, I'm sitting there, can't even do one. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, back to Christy, I mean, we can't really bring Christy up without bringing up her methods. Like, to yeah, die man. for. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just, yeah. like, fucking probably top five in the country. Yeah. Totally Would easy. you say that? Easy. Would you? Easy. All right, there we go. Top, top top ten international. Well, that's a big call, but I'll roll with it. But I'm fucking rolling with it. Yeah, man. You know, fuck like, yeah, full sideways. You yeah. see, you can. There's no like glisten on the base because the lights just you know when you when you it's like a zeech, but there's none of that. It's like full perpendicular to where yeah. you're standing down the jump, man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh fuck, man. Like. See some of those edits of, of hers, and you're like, man, if I could just do that for a day, <laughs> that would be fucking cool. Yeah. 
So yeah, I think there's a lot of things that she does that are just like, if I could do that for a fucking day, that'd be fucking red. Yeah. Because yeah. fuck, like you say, man, she just, I don't know, she she did something and she did it real fucking well and she just blew up, hey. Mm. She just went fucking next level. Mm, totally. And she was she was on well, the top. She became one of the best in the world. She, yeah, and, and what? You know, the circles of snowboarding, she was pretty much the top three competitors mm. in the world, man. Well, I remember at this moment when I was working in Colorado um, for a friend of mine, Ryan, in workshops over there. Mm. And Jamie and all those crew were his clients. And uh, Jamie won the US Open, the Burton Open. Mm. And she's in the shop the next couple of days. A couple of days later, I was like, oh, congratulations on your win. She's like, oh, thanks, but the best rider wasn't there, so I don't know. I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, Christy wasn't there. And like, that's cool, well, man. That's pretty fucking... Yeah. I was like, wow, that's gnarly. Yeah. You know, but... <laughs> My skills weren't tested. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and, and to say, like, I, I feel slightly bad not... I'm not taking anything away from um, Abby and, and Shelley because they, they were on that kind of me starting my snowboarding, you know, so, oh. I didn't, so I didn't really get to engage that level of snowboarding when I, uh, when I first met them. Oh, so they were way out of... They were, they were kind of, you know, like um, when, I first, when I first got into it, like Shelley was already a massive name in, in mm. snowboarding and same with, with Abby, you know, yeah. it was... Abby Lockhart. Yeah. And, um, yeah, man, but I never, I never got to hang out with those guys to that extent. So, you know, you you get to hang out with... So were they sort of like these mythical names, like, holy Yeah, it was. You know, it was like Will J and Abby, and it was like Mm. Shelley Gottlieb, Mm. who, you know, I I didn't, um, I know Abby really well now, but I'd, I, I knew Shelley at the time quite well, and Shelley was just like the raddest fucking girl. Mm. you know and and it was it was it was fucking cool to hang out with her but um when it came to snowboarding it's like i've actually spent so much time because i was living with christy and it would just be Mm. like should we get up should we go snowboarding yeah and i went to the second super park i went to her colin and myself we did the road trip from mammoth over to bachelor again and we all kind of um, lived in the same apartment. We all did that. So we rode Super Park. We rode uh, Mammoth together. We rode um, Tahoe. Right. You know, so got to really kind of get to see, like, Colin as a coach doing mm. his thing and then the the end result of Christy. Yeah. You and know? this would have been leading up to Sochi, was it? The Olympic? Uh, yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah, it was. Because yeah, uh, Colin was a pretty handy on the snowboard himself, right? Fuck yeah. yeah like, that dude was... Yeah, man. That guy was... Fuck. That guy could do... Do any five, any seven, man. He... And it was solid. Mm. You know? That old school kind of boxy style, man. Yeah. Which is... M- uh, MFM Steve sort of thing. Yeah. In a nutshell, fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah man. MFM. Yeah. Mark Frank Montoya. I haven't fucking heard that name in a long time. Right, it just shows the um, generation that we sort of... <laughs> Yeah. Um, was this about the time when you were riding in rental boots Mm. yeah those rental boots travelled the world with me (laughs) (laughs) Burton rental boots 
<laughs> so so what gives rental boots what the fuck I guess you could tweak really well well my whole theory to rental boots is that they need to kind of have like this memory of resorting back to being brand new because they get used by so many people yeah you know and thanks to Hamiyori Hamiyora Pakadus <laughs> he was working the rentals at Snow Park one day and gave them to me and I so cheekily said I'd give them back to him and I didn't I kept them for about four years and rocked those and <laughs> fuck dude they're good boots to ride they're comfy well I've got some pictures of you riding them I'll post on the Instagram so people <laughs> can just read it and weep and you can't beat mm. laces man mm. can't beat I'm, laces I'm a lace guy yeah dude for sure mm. so you can't change the wheel yeah <laughs> And well, when you brought back Snow Park, which I want to sort of bring back up again, what's the gnarliest stunt you've seen done by someone up there? Because I mean, I know there's a few to choose from. Yeah, man. Probably the two that kind of struck me would be Sebastian Tutant doing a double court for the first time ever in a competition at the Billabong Brodown that was like quite mind blowing because I didn't even know that that trick existed you know mm. and because you didn't have the the social media that you do today so if someone mm. does a trick within you know a trick that hasn't been done before within 2-3 hours it's fucking uploaded mm. well, not even that it's like that mm. you know um, and then the other one was just watching Travis Rice do that step up um, to, when you're going up the chairlift on the right mm. like the trick that he did was off that, that was it step up and that's it that's all where they, they, they literally straight lined the whole snow park for it well he had to get dra- yeah to get towed in by the skidoo I think it was I haven't seen that movie in a long time but I think it was it was to the right of the chair mm. as you went up but the <laughs> The most ballsiest thing was the sled driver. Yeah, right. Like, out of everyone on the mountain that was allowed to drive the sled, which would have been like 10 people, yeah. only one person manned up to do that. Like He pretty much had to floor his sled and just drive as fast as he could down that fucking hill. And then I don't know where he pulled off. Yeah. But yeah, so watching Travis Rice do his double rodeo for that and I can't remember who did it mm. but the ballsiest cut on the sled mm. it was like a double double yeah it was like a quad it was like a quad <laughs> <laughs> it was it was it was awesome but man those two those two there would probably be the coolest extremist things but man there was some cool silky smooth trucks up there man Mm. you know I've seen Mikau Bang do some stuff up there dude that was just you know simple but effective eh yeah you know like a he it was a second jump on the triple line and that guy it was like a real poppy jump and that guy would pre-ollie the lip by fuck what would seem like a a metre or so and then just do these border crossy launched out fucking shifty like uh, stale fishers that would just fucking send him so far down the takeoff, and it was, you know, nothing but just such a cool concept. Mm. And then there was this guy, um, Nick Pooch, 
mm. Puchikov or something like that. And yeah. fuck, dude, that guy was up there a lot. Like that guy kind of had New Zealand as his um, foster home in a sense. And mm. dude, that guy was creative, and that guy did some fucking rad shit, man. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. Ah, cool. And um, uh, did you feature much in any of the rail jams that were going on? So I remember there was something about the downtown rail jams. Which was like pretty out of it how back then that was seemed to be one every second week was going on somewhere. <laughs> be rude not to, eh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, they had a rail jam up at the park, um, and they had they used to have that like annual one in Queenstown, eh? The one that Tim Jackways won back in the day. Yeah, bro, yeah, yeah. yeah. The one by Lone Star. Or what was Lone Star, I don't know if that's still there, but um so yeah, partook in that. Um and the one up in um, the snow park one was quite cool because I managed to fluke myself into a position on the rail where I kind of locked in and did the coolest trick and ended up winning $1,500. Oh. And um, so I chucked, I chucked $500 of that on the bar and um, got to meet Zinni. I don't know if you ever met oh, Zinni. Oh, the infamous Zinni. Yeah, no, Zinni. Yeah. yeah. Got to meet yep. Zinni. Um, in clothes. In clothes? Yeah, in clothes. Oh, yeah. Nice. I've heard a lot of people um, have met, met Zinni out, out of clothes. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, man, so... Uh, and, and, and that's another person um, that actually did real real mean that night. I think got third was old Joe Winokiri. Oh, wow, Joe Winokiri. Yeah, old balls. Fuck, I mean, that guy's a podcaster himself, isn't he? Yeah, fuck yeah. You'd oh, be yeah. lucky enough to get a word out of that guy. He's, he's not a social man, but fuck, he could ride a snowboard back in the day. Mm. But yeah, bro, so that that was um, that was one of the rail jams. And then, yeah, the, those ones in Queenstown, they were pretty cool, bro. They, they were set up well, and, you know, there was always a good crowd. It was not was how they rad. were able to take over a street and do that. You know? Yeah, dude, close down the whole thing. There's walkways there. There's scaffolding involved. Mm. Like it was red. And in the very first one that I won, um, oh, the very first one that I had done, um, yeah, old Jesse Wilkinson took that out. All right. Yeah, and that was that was again those kind of tricks, you know, going back to talking about Jordan Rear and the Bob Burnquisty mentality of. Mm switch and normal just being not a thing just you can ride your snowboard so well either way it doesn't matter like that guy just rode a snowboard and did every trick normal mm. and then just went back through the last switch and just yeah. absolutely creamed it man oh, it was so well that night man it was fucking rad and then yeah one in Dunedin bro that was that was pretty cool that was a bit of a mush mm. but um yeah they need to bring that shit back eh? yeah yeah you know yeah it's funny it's funny because at the time I was over it oh another fucking rail jam yeah. but now it's like I'm looking back through nostalgia be like, oh it'd be cool to bring it back you know? <laughs> monument rail anyone <laughs> <laughs> well that's that, that's been shut down a long time ago fuck who's I mean who hasn't fucking had that one out of all the heads well that's it I think I even seen a picture of Will down that in that old magazine not too long ago but, you know Steve Ferguson Jesse Wilkinson Fuck on all the skiers like Dion Newport and those guys will all smash that one out. Everyone's had a go. <laughs> you bought Joe Winokuri up. You got a good Joe Winokuri story for us. Yeah, man. 
that guy, like you said, that's a that's a podcast in itself, eh? <laughs> Fuck, he yeah. is a character, man. Mm. He is probably the most underground legend in this this way of the world, eh? Mm. Yeah, man. I've 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 seen some funny shit from that guy, man. And 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 like the 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 thing as well is like he gets a, he used to not anymore. Like he's 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 a, he's a humble, quiet guy. But he used to get such a bad rep, man. And, and I mean, him and Otis Lynch were like this stand stand up slapstick comedy show together when oh, they were a couple yeah. of LMPs deep yeah want a sausage yeah. man yeah, yeah yeah fuck yeah I've seen that guy I've seen those guys man especially O-Tang eh? like a guy rolls up to his barbecue set outside uh, Red Rock and it's a $2 sausage and the guy gives him a 20 buck note he gives him the sausage and he's like oh cheers man and then the guy walks off pissed as fuck forgets he's just giving him 20 bucks for a fucking sausage <laughs> yeah, yeah you know yeah he's yeah man two peas in a pod they're fucking good cunts man I was, mm. I was I was I was glad to have those guys around and well even still like I hang out with Otis heaps man mm. like he comes back every six months or so and um fuck yeah just characters eh mm. fuck yeah and Winnikeri, man, just like, <laughs> there's been a couple of times, uh, fucking ages ago, you know, he, when he made that move to go to the rigs. Oh, yeah. And it was, you know, rig life, and fuck, that guy was making heaps of money, man, and I was just like, holy shit, dude. And, yeah, it was great to see, you know, you could buy, he bought a house in town, mm. and it was kind of just like mind-blowing, it's like someone... On, I wouldn't even say I'm in the same caliber as that guy, mm. you know. Like, he he bought himself a house. He did it all by himself, man. It was it was red, and um, yeah, it was it was cool, man. Just being able to hang out with hang out with those guys. It's like the to me when I went to Snow Park, that was like the core, the core of Snow Park, the core group, you know, mm. like. Yeah, it was it was rad. because yeah, they were they working at Snow Park those two. Yeah, bro. O Tang was up there doing the big mixes and the wool shed. Mm. You know, like the fucking five different juices. Oh, yeah. And and uh, when Akiri was out um, doing park crew, you know, it's just uh, that kind of initial crew of people. Um, for when I went up there, you know, it was like like I said, Sam Lee, and there was Mad Dog, it was Lewis. There was, yeah, Winnikeri, and even Kevin, his brother, you know, they were, he was up there too, and Oteng, and there's there's many other people, you mm. know, you forget, there's like Blinky, Chris Blinkhorn. Oh, yeah, he was um, sort of one of those underrated rippers that Fuck, really dude. got their due, eh? Dude, that guy, holy shit, man. Yeah. You know, Sean White, the, the mecca of halfpipe riding would turn up. Yeah. And Blinky would drop in after him and it would be like is did that guy just fucking go as high as Sean White yeah you know and 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 humble as fuck and just got no credit man like Mm. that guy just yeah it was such a so underlocked Mm. yeah he was fuck that guy could ride yeah yeah Yeah, man yeah and that and that's another guy dude like I've talked about him slightly already was Joe Mac 
So, mm. and and this was like a, he still is. I, I don't talk to him because I don't have social media or anything like that. But he came from leaving school real early and jumping on a digger and being park crew. You know, he was on a on a digger doing roadworks and stuff. So he got to learn how to operate machinery, and then he obviously grew up doing a bit of snowboarding, riding pipe and stuff, and um, and then and then became park crew, and and he he kind of got the the aspect of park features with the backing of being able to drive machinery. Yeah, and so there was this one point when I was working up at Snow Park, would be like, what's Joe Matt going to do tonight? What's this one-man band that would take, at that point in time, what you'd think you need fucking five park crew up there and a groomer driver mm. to do? You'd turn up every morning and Joe Mac's just fully tweaked the park. He's yeah. like, put these new features in and he's groomed them so that they're fucking mint and all you have to do is just give it a little shave, you know, where the tiller's dropped and there might just be a slight bump. Yeah. Like, dude, that guy was a, a, a phenomenal. Mm. He was such a game changer for that mountain, man. He yeah. just, he, he probably did some stuff that might have maybe fucked off a few people because right. it... Because, you know, like, oh, we're changing up stuff so often, maybe we don't have the, you know, the diesel or the cat time for it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But, man, it was fucking awesome having someone like that as a groomer driver. Yeah. You know, because it, it was just a guessing game. Mm. What's this guy going to do next? And it was n- never never a disappointment. It was, ne- it, w- it was never a disappointment. And, and, and that's the cool thing as well, is that you had someone up there that, could just do that so well and so quickly that you had this variety mm. that you might in a season you look at a terrain park and they might change up features three or four times in a season mm. and then you've got this guy joe mac and he's changing it up that much in two weeks yeah you know yeah. It's like, how cool is that for snowboarding? Yeah, it's pretty cool, though. You know, yeah. it's uh, it's rad. It, it kind of sucks sometimes. He's like, man, I was really just starting to feel that feature. <laughs> but hey, dude, it's like, yeah. fuck, can't complain about that, man. When you've got someone that stoked and, and putting in that many hours. I mean, there's a big work ethic behind that to be that passionate and stoked to do that. Oh, you shit, know? yeah, man. That guy lived up the mountain. Mm. Like he he had a room at my house, but he was barely there. Mm. You know, he'd he'd do seven days on or fucking ten days on or whatever, and then he'd come down and hang out for two days. Yeah, you know, that, that was his thing. He just he was so passionate to, to the construction of terrain. Yeah, yeah, man. Where was he from originally? That guy was from Darfield. Oh right. Yeah, man. Oh sweet. Good old Christchurch, mm. Canterbury, Canterbury boy. Canterbury boy. Yeah, man. And humble. So, humble as fuck. And, yeah. and so good at snowboarding. Mm. Yeah. So it was good to, you know, I feel like I'm the opposite. I'm a bit of an asshole and and, <laughs> and, 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 and yell out loud. But, you know, I somewhat surrounded myself with people that were really good with snow at snowboarding and, and really humble, mm. which, is, which is cool. Maybe I've learned that later on in my life, but I think I'm only humble because people can do 
way better tricks than I can now. <laughs> <laughs> I've been put in my place, Tony. Yeah. Oh, it happens to all of us, man. <laughs> and uh, I guess while we're talking about Wanaka personalities, um, Robbie McCulloch springs to mind a little bit. The most undercover genius. Yeah, he's now in astrophysics. Yeah, dude. Dude. That guy is the next Einstein. <laughs> yeah. He is. Yeah. Well, he's come a long way from that little uh, scumbag skate rat that I remember. Man, he... Day. I still talk to Robbie. Not heaps, but I make a point to call that guy at least a couple of times a year. And fuck, dude. Like, that guy is the ballsiest guy I've ever come across. Like I said earlier, man, one day we were at the top of Stone Street and I had the skateboard and he didn't have one. And he goes, hey, Billsy, can I take your skateboard? I go, you go hard, man. I'm not going to drop down here and he just goes sweet I'm just gonna do it switch bombs, like I said bomb stone street switch yeah bro just Fucking like no. no worries like probably might have had a couple beers beforehand and you know he just come from that mentality and now this guy is astrophysicist hmm. you know gnarly yeah. yeah I think he's got his PhD or his doctorate or I don't know how it's structured but he's on it's that top tier gnarly yeah man yeah. He'd probably be the next guy to find life on another planet. Or kill cancer or something. Yeah, shit. Yeah, hey, yeah, Robbie, kill cancer. kill cancer. Yeah, hurry up, man. Yeah, come on. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, yeah, that guy, man, he's so, so good at everything he does. Oh, phenomenal skateboarder and in muso. handy on the snowboard. Music? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> fucking... Oh, I have a great Robbie moment with him and music. <laughs> so one year, uh, Cadrona Marketing got him up to play in the courtyard, and it was great, you know, because he was just he was just playing all these great acoustic songs, and and everyone was all wow. And then suddenly you hear the opening um, chords to Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. Telling you the name of. You're like, kind of sounds familiar, but there's no way. There's no way he'd be doing that. And then <laughs> and then a couple of minutes later, fuck you, I won't do what you tell <laughs> But he's got half the courtyard that's not the family half all chanting along to this chorus. And I think like the <laughs> marketing crew were kind of off it, but we're all kind of high. Like, yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're doing it right, Robbie. He got <laughs> banned from playing from Cardi's for doing that. Yeah, yeah. yeah never I mean, again, Robbie. I mean, not surprising, right? But <laughs> totally <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so, are you doing the five-minute version or are you doing the three-minute version? <laughs> oh, I, mean, I remember just like going past and seeing the courtyard all be like, fuck you, I'm like, holy shit, this is amazing. And the beauty about that guy, man, is like he could always play it off like, oh, oh, sorry, I didn't think I could, I thought I could do that. <laughs> you know? Yeah, just like play dumb when needed. <laughs> We know you're smarter than that, Robbie. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, oh, he he's one of my best mates, man. He's mm. he's such a such a down to earth, such a legend, man. And mm. I'm so happy to see where he's got himself. We're stoked you're doing good, Robbie. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, Robbie. Happy birthday too, bro. Yeah. Oh, so if you see Robbie, if you're in Germany and you're near Robbie, wish him happy birthday. <laughs> and another um. Another one I can hear I've been told to ask you about is Adam Strawbridge. Oh, Adama. Yeah. yeah, bro. 
Man, that guy. Yeah, bro. Man, that guy is again like another another brother that's just so so good at what he does. If he put mm. puts his mind into something, man, like he's 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 there to be a millionaire. Mm. You know, like I I I met Adam. Man, it must have been two thousand and nine or or ten, and. and he even admitted to me, he kind of, um, he goes, oh, I, I, I had seen you around, but I just assumed that you are like a jock athlete, snowboarder guy. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, man, summed me up pretty good. And um, so I started throwing down with him, bro. And he, oh, what a rare guy, man. Like, mm. yeah, so welcoming. And he, he started up his brand and, and obviously you see where it's, where it, where it's got him to and mm. like the, the the person that he is, is like you look at the x games and you look at the Jew tour and mm. i would be very surprised if you didn't see a capital logo just mm. be panned in one of the shots here man yeah it's a rad logo too the, the wolf logo eh? yeah bro mm. and um yeah just like the, he, he's always giving that guy Mm. You know, like you need, he'd give you his own shirt off his back, you know, mm. like that guy was cool. Mm. And, and man, he could snowboard too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, bro. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I lived with him for maybe about two, two years and fuck, I had some rare times in that house, man. Yeah. We built a mini that he brought out from his old house and we'd fucking had that in the backyard and that was super cool, man. You know, you can't be having a mini ramp in the backyard and fuck, he started doing his capital winter parties and, mm. you know, man, like... Which it, became the, massive, those things. Oh, yeah, dude. You know? Like, the networking genius. Mm. You know, you get, like, Leon and um, Civil, rest in peace. Mm. Um, they would come up and, um, fuck him, man, there was some good fucking times. And Louis, uh, was Louis Paraka kicking around? Yeah, Louis moved in with us and mm. he was... Um, he was one of those guys like back like, in the day, man. He was mm. like the, he wasn't necessarily a, a super grom when I um, kind of got into it because he's the same age as me. But he was that kind of guy, you know. Him and Jesse Wilkinson were um, both just that tear of snowboarding that you're like, mm. holy fuck. Because Louis had actually been at it for a long time by then. Yeah, bro. He like, was super veteran. Mm. You know, and and that guy spent a lot of time in Europe. Mm. And man, he could talking about that um, electric quarter pipe, mm. fucking comp. That guy could fucking hit a quarter pipe. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, he had that. I think that's how he had his accident. He ended up <coughs> decking himself on a quarter pipe. I think over in Europe. Hey. Eh? All right. I think so. I, I could be completely wrong, which mm. in most cases so, I am. But so I remember vaguely like Dylan Budd or Crispin Liscombe <coughs> was coaching him in halfpipe back in the day or something. Yeah. And uh, but I remember like Louis Perak is to this day done one of the it's either it's a tie between him and Quentin Robbins over who's done the best backside one eighty I've ever seen. Yeah, and, the quarter. Oh no no no! I'm just over a straight table. Oh, true. Well, actually, Louis was over this fucking. So it was in Mayerhofen in '06. Uh, I just seen a picture of it on his Instagram not too long ago. It was fucking amazing. Like, just, I mean, for me, 
I was hitting 40-foot tables thinking, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, and for me, it was pretty cool. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and then, because uh, I knew who he was already, and he just dropped in, and um, just like, weird, like, there was, a, it was just, it was this long spine, there was about 80-foot distance that everyone was using as, as like a hip to each side, mm. and it had a downhill thing on the end, so you could hit as a true table, but no one was hitting it <coughs> as, a, as a true table. Everyone was just hipping it because it was fucking massive. Mm. And he drops in. And we're just looking at him going right up the middle. Like, he hasn't got enough speed for that. Is he, is he, is he actually going to go over the whole thing? Just pops and lofts this huge backside when he, no grab, didn't need to. Just, just <laughs> and it was just like slow motion. And fucking just the sweet spot, the transition, and rode out. <laughs> we were all just like, holy <coughs> shit. Like, who's What dro- the fuck just happened? Who's, <laughs> well, we're like, who's dropping in after that? It's like, I'm fucking not. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it's, 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 it's either that or uh, backside one. I've seen Quentin Robbins do it. It's like, those are the two best backside one I've ever seen. They're fucking amazing. That guy. Mm. Holy fuck. I've seen that guy go off his heel edge and do like a back seven over like a 60 foot jump fucking hell off the heel edge yeah man that's fucking psycho yeah he just like he's he's quite um like living with him you know he's you get to really kind of understand a person you know mm. obviously as you mentioned earlier with <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so I got you know meeting him all good but then living with him you're kind of like man the, the way that guy's brain thinks and then you put backside seven mm. off your heel edge it just it just matches it up man yeah like, and how fucking hard is that to do I mean I'd fucking try backside one off your heel <laughs> that's right. not fun yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> no. especially when you're looking up at the sky yeah you go oh, oh that was my heel edge kitchen mm. but yeah dude that that guy he was he was fun to ride ride with me and I didn't live with him very long but or get to ride with him very much but the times that I did ride with him man it was it was like I say thoroughly enjoyable man mm. yeah, yeah it was and and fuck again you know he kind of he moved in to going back to Adam um you know he'd he'd um DJ and and yeah. and, and play music and um Fucky in the same aspect of that. Fucky was good at that too, you know. Kind of yeah. one of those guys, kind of like a Robbie. Just you know, anything he touches, he kind of turns to gold. Yeah. Kind of yeah. thing, you know. Those people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> God damn you guys. Yeah. And that, and that was another thing Adam was really good at. If he, ever, if he ever listens to this one, man. Adam, we used to have this joke. That guy could play the first 30 seconds of like any fucking song on the guitar. Really? Yeah. That guy was like a, the Gap Man. The drummer, the Gap Man. Fuck, he was good at um, playing music with your general musical instruments. Right. You know? But yeah, that guy could play the first 30 seconds of any, <laughs> any fucking song, man. Speaking of um, music, can you tell us a bit about <laughs> a business class karaoke on an Emirates flight? Ah, yeah. So, that was a good one. Um... I feel like I, there's a space, um, 
a Spates question that has an Aussie cricketer that drank 52 cans of beer from Sydney to London is like the world record for uh, um, the most alcohol consumed on a, a flight. I don't think I'm that close, but I think if you were to compact it all into one foul swoop, I might maybe hold the record. <laughs> so I was lucky enough to fly business class from Dubai to London. And um, I had a broken, I had broken my heel at that time. And so I had found out there's a bar at the back of the plane. <laughs> and I thought, hey man, let's go down there. How, how much does it cost to buy a drink? And they go, no, this is all free. So I, I ordered a shot of whiskey. Glenn Fittick, 12 year or 15 year bottle got opened. Right. Just opened, you know, mm. crack, crack, crack. And, um,. So fucking, I sat. I think I sat there for the bulk of the flight, and all of a sudden I woke up with a massive, <gasps> you know, in my seat. What the fuck has just happened? Hmm. And I, I needed to go for a fucking piss real bad. So I stood up, and as soon as I stood up, everyone in the business <laughs> class, fucking sit, sitting area, applauded. As I stood up, and I, I just was like, "What the fuck has happened here? What have I done?" And I um, asked the guy next to me, "I was like, why is everyone applauding me, man? I can't remember anything at all." And he goes, "Oh, the air hostess escorted you back to the chair, and you um, started to sing us some songs." <laughs> and uh so i um i i cracked up obviously and was like oh what the fuck and then i got to see the air hostess who'd kind of been like serving me throughout that flight and she told me she goes you're about three or four shots shy of drinking that whole fucking bottle jesus yeah man yeah and i go oh you know just kind of panic like oh i'm so sorry i hope I hope I wasn't an arsehole or anything. She goes, no, you're actually real good. Because if you're an arsehole, you'd be in handcuffed right now. And I was like, oh, okay, sweet. So I've always thought to myself, I'm like, man, I've drunk in like a lit- almost a litre bottle of whiskey over a seven-hour flight. It's got to be a record, eh? <laughs> <laughs> and, and had a karaoke thing going on at the same time. Well, that's it, eh? Mm. There's no mic here. I don't need a mic. I can I can sing over this turbulence. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a shame we didn't get the passenger on, uh, in here to fucking... You're like, say what songs did you say? Fuck, I have no idea what I would have sung, man. There's probably a hucker involved. Hey, classic Kiwi overseas. Do us a hucker. All right, sweet is. Yeah, yeah, yeah shit was hucker on my tonguey day in the middle of London, eh? Hey? <laughs> oh, yeah, man, it was... Like I was, the reason I got onto business classes because the old man, uh, we, when he was working, he used Emirates quite a bit, mm. and so he'd racked up enough points that when I'd bought my flight, he upgraded it to business class for me. Right. Thank you, Dad. And um, so because of how much business he does with them. He got an email from the head guy just going, just to let you know your son has done this 
and it's kind of not cool. <laughs> and it was like, oh fuck! So he ended up getting this text or this email from the fucking one of the main guys from Emirates, man. So um, they weren't too impressed with the karaoke. Well, they weren't. The ear hostess was all right. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know if she kept her job much longer after that. <laughs> <laughs> fucking busy, eh? <laughs> but yeah, man, it was um, yeah, it was it was fucking rad. Mm. Yeah, horseshoe bar, heaps of food, fucking free grog. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, it's not like not not to like. And while we're on the subject of drunken outbursts, can we talk a bit about beers with Billsy? Oh yeah, that was yeah, that was cool, man. That was back to that was like a the uh, brainchild of Adama. So, um. So was that on NewZealandSnowboard.com or something? I have no idea, really, because, mm. again, I don't have social media, but we'd set up once a week and we'd have a green screen, and I think he put it on his Capital Facebook page, possibly. Oh, right. Yeah, man. We had giveaways, and, um, you know, Spy jumped on because we kind of got hooked up by Spy. And, yeah, because um, I remember you had episodes with Morgan and JJ. They were the ones that I seen. Yeah, man. I'd, I'd never met Morgan before then, and fuck, he was cool. Mm. It was real red, and there was um, like again, it was so long ago, man. I can't can't remember who who there was, but pretty much it was just a reason for me to get drunk on a weekday, and fuck, I was ended up being on camera <laughs> and uh, talking shit, is which I'm reasonably good at. So, <laughs> so that was cool, man, and um, yeah, it was it was it was quite quite good because. You know, we had a green screen, so you kind of fuck around with that a bit, and we got some good people on, like JJ, mm. you know, just as like JJ, I mean, JJ's been around for ages, but um, he's kind of just grown into being a man, mm. you know, and so it was cool, man, but it was hard the next day, eh, because it was always a weekday. Ah, yeah. So you <laughs> have to go fucking back to the website the next day and fucking just be hungover as fuck. So, <laughs> Oh, hopefully someone that's listening has got those episodes and um, is willing to share them. And that's one that we did. We actually, that was one real cool one that we did was, um, again, Tom Campbell, rest in peace. Yeah. We did a Dobro episode. Oh, that's right. For that guy, man. And um, that was real cool. That was definitely one that I remember, man. Because, yeah, that guy fucking, you know, put heart and soul into fucking making that place fucking rad. Mm, so yep loved his dobros too he fucking sure did jesus um it's like every year they have a um for tom they have a get together and sync dobros oh man and um most most years um wanaka's out of dobros oh really yeah yeah. yes (laughs) (laughs) i'll tell you what man they're fucking actually a good bit when we drunk it that day because mm. it's been ages you know like 2021 you're like mm. 18 pack of dobros mm. $19 sold mm. I mean it's the best name double brown <laughs> like, slam that on the t-shirt I'm fucking rocking eh? just that muddy brown colour too yeah yeah double brown <laughs> get yourself a double brown <laughs> but yeah man he, he was on to something that boy mm. he mm. knew how to drink good beer cheap and um, <clears throat> I've been told by uh, Nick Fellows to ask you, and I don't know what the fuck this means, have you ever taken a computer for a walk that wasn't yours? 
Ah, Zach, who told you that story? I'm pretty sure. Or asked you about that. Yeah. So another classic Billsy moment. <laughs> <laughs> Alcohol involved as well. Mm. Um, so this goes back to um, trying to better myself through snowboard instructing. And um, I had done the kind of top, one of the, I think the highest level outside of being a trainer to get certified. And I got told three days before we finished the course that I'd passed. And so me and this French mate of mine, uh, Max, <laughs> went out. We're in Zermatt. And um, there's no vehicles there. They're just electric vehicles. No, um, you know, like fossil fueled vehicles. Mm. It's all electric. And so I took it upon myself to get really drunk because I um, had passed or been told I'd passed. <laughs> and so the idea of there's a desktop computer right by the door of the bar, I don't, Max goes, I don't reckon you can get that out of here. So I ended up going, oh, what did you say? <laughs> I can fucking get that out of here. <laughs> and so I grabbed a fucking monitor and the and the fucking unit <laughs> somehow got out of the bar without being chased and walked up to my hotel for some fucking stupid reason with this computer and desktop thing. <coughs> and then on the way home with Max, thought, I've read that Ultimate Survival Kit. It's told me how to hotwire a car. Let's jump into one of these electric vehicles with our new desktop computer that we've got <laughs> and hotwire this electric car to get home faster. <laughs> so I'm going to blame my dad on that because he bought me that Ultimate Survival Kit. <laughs> and did it work? Nah, it didn't because as we were trying to hotwire the car, the cops just ever so slightly parked in front of us and we're just knocking on the door going, in German, get the fuck out. Give us the fucking computer, you're going to jail. <laughs> <laughs> and so I got banned from Switzerland for two years. <laughs> yeah, man, I woke up in the morning, because I was so plastered, and just woke up in pitch black, and oh, was just no. like, what the fuck has happened? And then you know as you start putting bits and pieces together, <laughs> it was just like, oh my god. So what, do they march you to the airport, get out of here and don't come back? Well, I was allowed to stay till my return flight. But as soon as I left the country, they're just like, you're not allowed back for two years. I was like, all right. <laughs> don't, don't want to come back. Think about what you've done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You go back home to New Zealand and go steal computers there and think about what you've done. <laughs> it was like 2000 fucking... 2009 or 8, it's like, who needs a fucking desktop anyway? <laughs> <laughs> fucking idiot. <laughs> oh, shit. And while we're on the subject of um, Nick Fellows, um, were you um, part of the building the ramp project, the vert ramp? Yeah, man, I, I helped out um, there for a wee while, eh, and that... That was rad, man. That was mm. such a cool um, project, and you can see it to even today. You know, like mm. it, it's um, such a good thing for town, mm. um, and to <clears throat> you know that 
that guy, Rhino, mm. holy shit, man. He's the biggest heart and is mm. the nicest guy mm. and will do anything for anyone, you mm. know. He's such a rad person. Um, and to have it in his backyard, you know, yeah. just to let people, you know, obviously drop him a call, you know. Mm. Um, but he'll never say no. Yeah. You know, and um, just that project, man, in itself, like I could, I could only imagine the stress um, that him and Wayne, because mm. Wayne pretty had to, you know, he helped orchestrate that yeah. too. Um, and yeah, man, like a lot of a lot of wheeling and dealing had to get done with that, and even just like backing mm. from Rhino, man, was just. It was so it was awesome. I'm eh? pretty sure that Nick. Um, so they had the skate park extension in Wanaka there, hmm. and something happened. The uh, contractors fell on their ass or some shit. I'm pretty sure Nick's one of the people that actually covered costs, for costs that. or something. Well, it wouldn't know? surprise me, man. Like that, yeah. That guy, like I said, you know, like hmm. if 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 his heart and soul's into it, man, he'll make it happen, eh? Mm, King, you know, and King Shredder too. Yeah, dude, and mm. and like like I say, um, that that family, just that whole family, you know, La, Ellie, and Zedan and and mm. Rhino, like such a good family. And um, I first met him one of like within the first four months of um, being a labourer, and he somehow found out that I was had been a snowboard coach, and he he kind of befriended me and we were talking and he goes, oh, would you um, like to come up and, you know, go on the weekend and hang out and maybe give Zedan a few pointers? Mm. And Zedan had been skating for a bit and um, so I said, yeah, man, and fuck, that guy bought me a season's pass for like three seasons, man. Rad. Just to go up to, it wasn't even coaching, it was just, like, he goes, just come up with us and ride with us. Mm. that's like all he wanted and 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 zedan as well and fucked it and you know like he yes it was so awesome man and we'd we'd go do that and you know his snowboarding snowboarding for zedan isn't his priority um and i can understand why because fuck dude that guy really good on the skateboard eh? oh my god but nick was telling me that that um snowboard sensibilities that you're Coached him as permeated through to his skateboarding. I'll roll with um, that. <laughs> so, so well done, I guess. But, but yeah, dude, like... I mean, fuck. So, I mean, I remember seeing Zedon when he was like mini shred just rolling around the bowl. You're like, well, yeah. oh, okay, cool, you know. And then just suddenly he's like he's doing head high judo. He is out of like the biggie. And you're like, where the fuck did this come from? <laughs> yeah. and, the, and that's yeah. the thing, man. He's He's... He's got an Asian mother, which I do too, so I know how they roll. And um, he's he's just gone through step by step. He hasn't skipped anything, mm. you know. And, and that's like massive. Again, fundamentals. Yeah, bro. It all goes mm. back. All goes back to fucking groundwork, eh? Mm. And um, yeah, dude, you just lock out. You're like, oh, your backside ear out when the fucking vert ramp first got opened, mm. and now it's like he's doing inverts. Five forties. Five forties hand yeah. plants. He's extending the vert yeah. by putting boxes up there to do shit, you know? <laughs> it's like, fuck. Yeah. That's the only reason I haven't dropped in is because 
Zayden seems to always drop in just before I want to. <laughs> well, you're bloody lucky because um, I remember you calling Wayne out on the on the documentary, and uh, usually, usually if you call someone out, you've got to drop in and fucking handle it. Well, that's so, right. Well done for dodging a bullet on that one. I'm good. I'm cooking my feet, Tony. <laughs> yeah, I there was a bit of a setup with old Wayne. I love Wayne a bit. Yeah, he's he, good did, too. he did well there. Well, he's done a lot for the skate community in this oh, town as well. Man. Yeah, he's again like like Rhino. You know, he's his, his passion's there, man, and he's he's willing to do anything he can to make it work. You know, and mm. it's rad to have people like that in town. Yeah, totally. You eh? know, like imagine imagine where the communities of of that would be without those people. You know? Yeah, it's just a motivated drivers, eh? Well, and that's um, what you need because mm. there's always there's always. You know, when it comes to something like that, you need your chiefs. Yeah, because there's the enthusiasm, mm. but just the one person to rally around. Well, just yeah, well, just to rap, like yeah, rallies the best example because you, you you saw the process, man. You saw mm. how many people would turn up mm. um, at a drop of a hat to to help construct that vert ramp, mm. and that, and that was another guy. Um, that was a massive input to that too. Was I need two multi grips, Scott right. Newman. All right. Straight line construction. The best, the best, cheapest way to build a house. <laughs> <laughs> Do I get your words in, buddy? It's it's cod wallop. Um, so yeah, so he he was like another input, and I've been working with this guy for a year and a half, and he, you know, he hasn't got much of a skating background, but he's a person in the community that, if you didn't have rhino and wayne you know it's just it's it's like a bit of a a bit of a waste you know it's like they rallied up these troops and then you've got people like scotty yeah who's got the knowledge to be able to construct something like that you can see through the vision yeah and that's right and 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 you need to kind of almost have those people to ignite those other people man it's it's fucking rad rad well that that documentary ended up doing pretty well uh, because what's joe's last name Murdy, Joe Murdy film yeah. made a made a film out of it. That got pretty well received. Um, I think even internationally. Yeah, man. Well, fuck uh, that guy's good at what he does, eh? Mm. Yeah, bro. So again, I think it goes back to what you're saying before. Like just like you got those people that rally around, and then suddenly you discover what talents actually rallying around these people. Yeah, man. You're like, holy shit, we've actually got some real clever fuckers around here. Yeah, let's use them to their potential. Yeah. You know, and, and and you do need that you do need someone to back either the networking or the money, mm. you know, in order to be able to get the project going. But then that just snowballs into like say the knowledge and the people that have the skill to be able to help mm. keep that ball rolling, you know. Yeah. And yeah. You'll never catch me dropping in on that thing. None, me neither. No. And I'm a fucking skateboarder. <laughs> <laughs> I remember fucking standing up on there and being like, yeah, nah. <laughs> and it was about the time that Wayne decided to drop in on a fucking inflatable raft or something. Oh, It was on yeah. one of his birthday parties. And uh, it was like, nah, but I'm not going to stop you from doing that, Wayne. <laughs> yeah. Go hard, buddy, I'll watch yeah. it. Yeah. Like, okay, fucking drops in on this fucking inflatable raft or some shit. Like, fucking hell, that's gnarly than any skate trick that's been done on it. <laughs> oh, fuck. And um, can we talk a bit about stagging around? Oh, yeah, man, that was, just, mm. that was, that was quite cool. 
because um, I really like doing that stuff, man, because it's it was kind of, I don't know, my way of being able to um, do a video. Uh, it ended up being for Kadrona, and mm. we kind of broke up the mountain into... Um, areas to be able to film so each episode we kind of concentrated on a different part mm. of the mountain um you're on there yeah thanks, you, thanks for bit. promoting the workshop yeah well the, mm. there you go it's the least i could do you know and um and and the cool thing was is that we kind of tried to look at it as let's just get anyone and everyone that is in the park or riding on the trails or in the cafe to somewhat be in there or have a part or mm. you know it could be like oh there was like these guys filming up there um today and they said this and then they could maybe in a week or two's time be like oh fuck I actually was in their video mm. you know it was kind of that thing to try and take the concentration off of just the focus of freestyle snowboarding and try to do these like rad tricks and actually just get everyone stoked because I liked how there was an episode where you guys highlighted Captain's Cafe, but linked it up with, like, just the jib runs in paradise. Yeah, man. And, and just the, the the fun shit that you can do in there. Yeah, because um, it, cause that shit gets overlooked, eh? Yeah, yeah, it's you so know? easy to overlook it there when everyone's all park-focused. And like, yeah, man. It's, and, yeah. and even back then, and especially nowadays, it is like that, because, like, where's side hits going to get you? Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know? But that's, that's the... When we go right back to the start of the podcast, riding TC, variable snow, side hits, mm. that gives you fucking good foundations. Mm. And that's today's motto. Yeah. Good foundations. <laughs> Don't skip steps. Mm. <laughs> mm. But yeah, man, it was it was cool. And there was a guy, John Joe, and it was quite an easy setup, man. It was just mm. one rider... Um, kind of hosty thing and a filmer and mm. um Cardis were happy enough to allow us to do it and they hooked up some seasons passes which was the only reason why we really did it but <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um but it got ended by a pretty whopping injury yeah i shattered my heel fuck which was um no fun and um yeah so that that kind of sucked but hey man you play with fire you gonna get burnt i guess yeah so um but then yeah like i said earlier man like it kind of put like a massive handbrake on my snowboarding but there was no point getting down the dumps about it it's only led to bigger better things you know Mm. so what's that led to well i now have like a real mean job that i enjoy to go to work every day even though saying snowboarding is fucking great to go to every day yeah yeah but you know like i enjoy um going to work being a builder and i've got a family you know i've got two two little girls and um a partner and you know i think if that wasn't happening it's like you know you always think the 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 fork in the road kind of shit you know yeah. so so at the end of the day to me that was kind of like a blessing in disguise you know mm. um having young hard, kids hard to see that at the time though eh? oh shit yeah, yeah. well it was kind of great because i got paid by acc for five months to drink alcohol <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> after the five months then you start to really be like oh this sucks man <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> gotta go to work and i can't walk properly mm. 
Have I got to pay for my own alcohol? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, it was... Um, I don't know, I think it was kind of needed, a bit of a reality check, you know? Mm. Yeah, but quite, it, it was like a a thing, you know, where that happened and then you have kids and so I've kind of been off the mountain with them for three years and now I'm starting to hopefully get back up there. And That was my next thing. Are you still snowboarding much these days? Well, or? this will be my first season's pass in... Probably close to a decade. Right. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, man, yeah. So, um, yeah, decade? Yeah, it'd be like eight years, man. Mm, dust you off know. the rental boots. Yeah, bro, you dust <laughs> off the rental boots. There's a few cobwebs on there. Be all right, though, because they'll, like, mould back to being brand new. <laughs> you know? So, oh, it's easy to replace laces. Mm. And uh, we can't um, can't have this podcast without talking about Pucky. Yeah, old Nick Clapper and Race. Mm. Now he he's a legend, man. He he again is one of my great closest mates, man. He always mm. always always get like a call from Pucky. You never never miss a day. Mm. You know, if you see Pucky calling you, I'm pretty bad at answering my phone, but I always answer that guy, man. Yeah. And 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 in the same kind of um mentality he's like dubsy he's mm. such a um calculated person mm. you know he's and a super coach for a long time oh shit yeah man mm. like that guy did so well with his coaching you know and mm. and um he he did he did really well he went over to scando with i don't know how many kids Mm. and he, he made that work and you know he did really well with those kids as well mm. you know and and, and his, his riding himself fuck I remember when I first met that guy up in Park City and um, it must have been like 06 and he was doing these like backside three mute tail grabs oh yeah and I used to rip on him for doing it because mm. I've seen some fucking pro on a video doing uh, frontside seven uh, melon tails yeah and I was like holy shit, that's fucking rad. And yeah. then Pucky comes up doing these mute tail threes and I used to rip on him, eh? And he, I'm pretty sure he fucking hated me. <laughs> and then, like, down the line, you know, ended up fucking becoming real good mates for him, man. And fuck, he, yeah, he's a good dude, man. I'm glad that guy's in my life, eh? Mm. You know? Mm. And, What's he up to these days? He's an oste- he's studying to be an osteopath. Oh, right. Yeah, man. Yeah. That dude, that guy... Kind of makes sense. Yeah, like yeah. it's you know he's he's real into his well being, his health, and mm. you know he's always always up for a mission hiking and stuff. So it kind of seemed to kind of fall into that, mm. you know, some sort of um, like physio, or chiro, or, or osteopath, you know, and um, he still does. He still dabbles with a bit of coaching. Mm. He he'll come down and get a free pass to a couple of days here or there, and then ride the rest of his. Um, uni break. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's hard absolutely. to get that guy on the piss, though. That's what? It's hard to get that guy on the piss, though, eh? Yeah, he's a bit too smart. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. Too, he's way too smart. He, he'll he live to, like, 150. We <laughs> 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 mm, so sort of touched on this before, but um, are you following snowboarding today, or what's your thoughts on snowboarding today? Well, the only snowboarding I've kind of followed recently was that um 
what we were talking about the with Zoe, yeah, the natural selection, man. Yeah. And that was, because um, that was such a cool concept. Mm. I think with the the way that they they can fly drones now, just kind of yeah. like allowed that to happen so naturally for the natural selection. Yeah. But um, no, I don't I don't really follow it heaps these days because it's it's kind of that thing like the way that we grew up snowboarding of going out with the crew and someone brought something to the table mm. you know some guy's really good at flipping some guy could spin backside some guy could ride a rail some guy yeah. was just you know we could kind of all vibe off each other and 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 use each other to help us learn and um it's kind of like th- those days are well 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 gone mm. you know and and um so I kind of see it now as it's just kind of like a an industry of just like pumping out numbers, you know. I I I kind of lost interest with it as I hurt myself, um, and just also the the drive of what people we're trying to get to is just totally different, you know. Mm. It was um, at least in my mind, it's like skip steps, big tricks. Yeah. And I, I didn't like that. Yeah. And um, and style was being sacrificed for um, those big tricks mm. and, and a payday. And it's like, well, that's not really the roots of snowboarding. Mm. I've slowly learned after the 10 years or whatever it is of not riding, like, each generation is always going to fucking hate on the one afterwards mm. because that's what you've been brought up with and that's what you're used to. So I try to, you know, have like a... I try to, you know, look at it both ways, but I mm. definitely um, feel like there's there's a handful of snowboarders today that um, that I kind of think that are there. Yeah. You know, there's... Um, you know, like, Tian's a good example... Tian Collins. Yep. You know, like, he's a good example of, like, that guy, he has a big top-end bag of tricks, but mm. he he hasn't, he's worked his way to get to that. He hasn't sacrificed his style, and he's lucky enough that he's managed to keep all that stuff and, and, mm. and, and still get to that tail end. And there's this guy um, that I only kind of found out about, like, a year ago, which I watched in the Olympics is uh, Marcus Cleveland. Oh, he's a trick machine, that guy. Yeah, yeah. so I know that guy's got massive tricks, but mm. the thing that kind of blew my mind was he was in the big area at the Olympics. And again, I'm not like an advocate for the Olympics because mm. I don't see that being um, that's not the pinnacle of snowboarding. Nah. You know, that's just a that's just a money maker fucking avenue right it's there. It's just a big competition, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. it's like all the Olympics, but. The thing that kind of struck me because of the men- the mentality of a lot of them is getting it and to be an Olympian on your CV is like massive. Hmm. Just to be an Olympian, yet alone being a, a, a medalist or whatever. But that guy's went to the Olympics, has this massive bag of trucks, and then he just ends up doing this nolly front rodeo, double front rodeo things. And hmm. it, to me that looked like he was having fun. Mm. And he wasn't trying to like, exert himself. It's like the Japanese contingent there. Yeah, How man. good were all of those dudes? Like, yeah. And girls. Like, the, the whole Japanese army. And, yeah, they had the big tricks. But f- I, I keep going back to that. 
one Japanese dude that was jibbing the banner at the bottom. Yeah, like, yeah. How doing much that little 50, 50, fun was yeah. that guy having? Yeah. And it's like, man, he should have got a fucking medal for that. Yeah. You know, like, that was the shit. It's like and the just, run's not done. There's still this thing at the bottom. Yeah. And, <laughs> and like, you know, he hit that bowl corner that wasn't a bowl corner. And there was no way he was going to medal after doing that. Yeah. But it didn't matter. You know, it, it's... And just how all of them seem to just have this incredible board control in between their tricks and the riders, man. Yeah, they you are. And, and I was just blown away with the whole Japanese army. It's, hard, were, to, it's hard to beat them, though, man. They're mm. fucking regimented as fuck. Yeah, well, that's it. Like, they're precise <laughs> yeah, and fucking on it. Yeah. And, you know, like, one of them, you know, they landed their trick at the last on the last slope-style kicker. And then slams a carve in the fucking, you know, like this fucking awesome carve, toe side carve in the landing. Like, that's fucking sick, man, yeah, man. you know? And Instead of just yeah. throwing your arms up and like... And grabbing your knee or whatever. <laughs> yeah, but that, that, that's it, man, you know. It's, it's, it's great to have people mm. around like that. Well, yeah, exactly. It's like the antithesis to the um, Twirly Bird knee grab people. <laughs> That's you know. right. And Still a grab though, Tony. I, I, I guess. <laughs> you know, I guess we brings back to like fucking Zoe Sinnon again. The best rider was the best Olympian. Yeah. You know, depends on what side of the fence you're on, but that hasn't always happened in the Olympics. Yeah, and, you know? and other comps as well. Yeah. Yeah. And... Yeah, so it was nice to see that alignment. Like, right, that's yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Know? So, but um, yeah, man, we just need more people like that. But the mm. only, and I think you've said this before, but it's kind of like on people like us mm. to to teach that. Totally. If, you if, know? if the if no one teaches, then they've got nothing to listen to. Yeah. And and I think New Zealand snowboarding's in good hands. To a degree, with some of the coaches, like you got, like, got Sean and Mitchy, man. Yeah, but Nick Brown. Yep. Dubray. Yep. Aaron, yeah. Aaron Jamieson. Yep. Um, I mean, right there. That's that's gnarly. That's a heavy hitter list. Of, <laughs> and, you know, of throw coaches, Mitch man. and Sean in there as well. Yeah. Fuck, that's a you know, fuck, that's that's an Olympian that's some team right Good there. foundations. <laughs> and I think you've I think you've seen the proof of that with Tian and Zoe and Cool. Yeah. Wait, that's. We got Mitchell Devon. Mitchell Devon, yeah, yep. Yeah, man. There's... Think, well, it's, fuck, we can't leave Carlos out of a, the Yeah, picture. well, that's, yeah. You know? Yeah, dude. Like, you know, fuck, that, any questions about that dude? No. Yeah. He fucking rules, yeah. you know? He's ticking the boxes, man. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Well, we're sort of segueing into it. Have you got any advice for aspiring shredders? We've said it plenty of times tonight, but... Don't skip steps. Don't give a fuck about what other people are doing. Mm. Focus on yourself. Have good fundamentals. And just have fun, man. Mm. You know, like, don't... The reason you started snowboarding is because you enjoyed it. So you've obviously had fun. Don't lose that. Mm. You know, like, don't lose that at all. And, yeah, man, just don't get content. You know, there's always something else you can learn, mm. you know, and don't hurt yourself too much. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Or learn to how to fall. <laughs> <laughs> and before we roll into our enders, have you got any thank yous and shout outs you'd like to give out? Man, my my first thank yous would be my mum, my dad, obviously, and my grandparents. Um, and then Damien Lee would be my next massive person. Even Rebet, Rebet had a hand in there from time to time. I had a couple of um, sit-downs at his house. And, um, yeah, you, Tony, you know, you, you've I've always gone up to Cardi's, walked into the workshop, and you're the most catering person up at that hill, man. So a big thank you to you. And, um, yeah, man, just anyone that's had some input to make me a better person or help me at better at snowboarding or whatever the fuck it may be and uh, definitely rhino man mm. like that's that's one guy there that um yeah mm. and adam 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 strawberry oh maria lily and blake a oh, big shout out there thanks for keeping me busy that's mm. <laughs> <laughs> you're in a few years time yeah and um yeah man just Shit, your oldest is probably getting pretty close to being able to stand on the snowboard now, eh? Yeah, she she really really wants to get up there this season. So Rad. so there'll be a bit of a bit of snowboarding, a bit of snowballing. I guess Sweet. it's a it's a wrap. Cool. Thank you, well, thanks well, thanks for having me on here. Oh, bro. It's awesome to have you on. Well, before we um, wrap this up, we'll roll into our enders. Favorite rider. Favorite rider. Oh, I would say John Jackson. Favourite mountain? Snow Park. Favourite board? Signal. Favourite video part? Probably Torstein on the first uh, the first time he was in the DC Mountain Lab. So, favourite gig? Uh, fucking Charlie Turner. Favourite city? Portland, Oregon. Favourite trick? Gotta say fucking Backside 7, man. <laughs> Favourite board graphic? Oh, I, I don't mind, man, as long as it's a snowboard and not a pair of skis. <laughs> Who has the best method? Christy Pryor. And the final bonus question, what's the key to a good method? Speed, if you're not flexible, or flexibility, Sweet. if you're not going fast. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time, Bilzy, and we'll see you up the hill at some point. Will do, bro, and thanks for having me on here. You must be scraping the uh, bottom of the barrel if you got me here. <laughs> <laughs> but cheers, bro. It's been an honour. And um, hope I haven't drained the audience out too much. <laughs> Good night. Mm-hmm.